Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. You're about to embark on yet another great adventure with the Gary and Shannon Show. A reminder, we want you to make sure that you look at the iHeart app and hit the follow button on the Gary and Shannon Show podcast so that you can get updates on what's going on with our podcast. Don't forget to share it as well. Get it? It's adventure music. Also, share it on Facebook, Twitter, wherever you have that opportunity, and tell a friend about what you're listening to when you listen to the Gary and Shannon Show. Gary Hoffman. Yeah. Shannon Farron. And I'm not going to brag about how much ass I kicked, but let's just say I kicked every single ass. Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, live today in Fullerton. Hey, good morning, everybody. What? There's a... Giant inflatable unicorn over there. Did you see? Oh that? my gosh! <gasps> I just I was looking down and I looked up and there's a massive inflated unicorn. We are at Slide Bar in Fullerton here for she our has, latest news and brews. She has a mane of rainbows. The sun is shining. The beers have been poured and the party is on here at the Slide Bar. Yeah, they're opening a couple hours early for us today, so the bar is open and ready to go. If you want to come in and uh, maybe I, grab an early lunch, I want to go sit on that unicorn. Uh, that doesn't no, sound right. You, no, know, you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, we have a bunch to get to today. We have some stuff that we're going to be giving away through the course of the show. We're going to be here all day uh, through our show, of course. So come on out to Slide Bar in Fullerton. Very easy to get to here on Commonwealth. Uh, a lot of parking around here. If you know where the bus stop is, the uh, Orange County uh, Transit Authority bus station that's right over there, this is an easy place to get into. And by the way, it's an easier place to sit and stay for a few hours. So we'd love it if you would come on out, grab a couple beers, um, or buy one for Shannon, and then sit for some lunch as well because they have a fantastic kitchen here as there's well. There's sun, there's shade, there's everything that you could want in life. Right here, Absolutely. right now. And this thing, nobody gets to see this, but we're standing on the stage where they usually have uh, their music uh, acts, the stage where everybody, you know, they set up their bands. And this, uh, this vent, this air conditioning vent that they've got above us blows approximately the same velocity that a small jet engine does, but it's cool air, and it's, it's, when this thing kicks on, it's going to be wonderful. Do you need a blankie? No, I'm fine. Oh, okay. It's, it's going to uh, be a nice today. I think it's going to be like 76 degrees. We have a bunch of stuff that we're going to do in the show today, including uh, Dean Sharp is coming along at 1130. We're going to talk about fire safety. This is We've been hearing the KFI News Department do stories today about how we've got more grass now, more, you know, the, the drier winter that we had compared to the year before still means we're going to have a lot of fire danger. We hear this every year, but there are some new things that you can do to protect your house from the fire danger. Um, also, people who give their kids hipster names are finally realizing that's probably not a great idea. I love that story because you know there are some parents out there that do regret it when they get creative with their kids' names, but they never talk about it, right? They might, you know, joke with their husband or their wife about it, like, oh, man, we shouldn't have done that. We shouldn't have named him Q. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But now there are people that are actually talking about it in public. I, we, and you have to, one of the greatest things that we did that my wife and I did was sit down and have, you know, open a bottle of wine and then go down the list of names for kids and try to come yeah, up with it's it, important to get drunk before you name your kids well because you have to you have to do this with the mentality of a seventh grader because you have to figure out what sort of emotional pain are you going to put your kid through by naming him what you're going to name him and i'll tell you some of the ones that 
actually made the short list but got scratched off oh, in good. that round of voting. So, oh, good, because you came up with horrible well, things. Well, because I knew that as a seventh grader, my son was going to be, yeah. he would have been ridiculed mercilessly had we named him what we wanted to name him. But anyway. we start with Paul Manafort and a judge who wishes she had a 19-point phone contract with Paul Manafort. <laughs> Paul Manafort is going to wait for his trial in jail. Judge today announced that uh, they have dropped new accusations of witness tampering on him. The judge, Amy Berman Jackson, revoked his bail, which had allowed him out on house arrest. So that means that Paul Manafort is going to be behind bars while he waits for his trial. Paul Manafort, of course, Donald Trump's former campaign chairman. The judge said today, I can't make enough rulings to keep you from speaking improperly with witnesses. <laughs> Apparently, Paul Manafort recently used several text messaging apps to talk to potential witnesses in his trial. He called a potential witness on an Italian cell phone. And the judge said in her ruling today, this is not middle school. I can't take your phone, so I'm putting you in jail. This house arrest thing GPS monitoring, it's not going far enough. Now, he he's entered his not guilty plea to a couple of additional charges that were brought against him just last week. Witness tampering and conspiracy to obstruct justice. Right now, he still faces seven other criminal charges in uh, federal court there in D.C. Including conspiracy against the United States. Well, there's that. I mean, that's not a really big deal, that's is it? That's not checkers. It's not a big deal. Um, so he, when he was first arraigned and pleaded not guilty several months ago, I think it was October, a judge set $10 million bail price and put him under house arrest. They confiscated his passports, et cetera. And he attempted to find money of his own and through some real estate and family members' accounts. So the judge signs off on this plan for bail. So he could uh, provided that he could provide the, the right documentation for all these assets he was putting up for bail. It didn't come through. And prosecutors have, all, have argued all along that this guy was a significant flight risk. I mean, do you know anybody with an Italian cell phone? I don't know what constitutes an Italian cell phone. I mean, I've been to Italy. I've seen their phones. They look just like our phones. I know, but it's an Italian cell phone, perhaps with a with a SIM card, an Italian cell phone, an American it's just SIM like card. Just like a burner phone from Italy. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you just go to 7-Eleven and get a burner phone? I don't know. Doesn't he know what drug dealers do? Uh, apparently not. Uh, so anyway, that Paul Manafort story is, uh, just broke this morning before we got on the air. So that was something that, uh, that we wanted to tell you about. We are stuffed to the gills with FBI news. And James Comey seems to be the guy that's falling on the sword for the FBI and all the embarrassing stuff that's coming out about the FBI. Um, this, this report is going back to the narrative that James Comey operated all about James Comey. It was all about him and what he thought was best, and he thought that he knew best all the time. And so all of the FBI's sins with related to the email investigation and President Trump text messages and all that, it's all James Comey's fault. Well, and he's out of the FBI, so we're fine. I have a hard time coming to any conclusion about James Comey yet. Yes. I mean, only because... I mean, when we talked to him, it was right after he, he came out with his book or the day that his book came out, whatever it was, and he was doing this whole round of interviews. And he appeared to me to be somebody who put a lot of thought into each one of these decisions. He seemed to me to be a career prosecutor, not a me, me, me person. 
you, when you're interviewing somebody and they're all about themselves, and everybody knows this, you, you, you know people in your life that are, that are all about themselves, it comes through. It comes through pretty quickly. I didn't get that vibe from him that this was all vanity and, you know, he was going to make a name for himself by inserting himself into this Hillary Clinton email investigation at, at the wrong times. Yeah, and, 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 and now that we know about his reactions and about the decisions that he made and the calculus that he used to come up with these decisions, I still have a hard time coming down one way or the other. I mean, it seems to me like he made some incredible missteps. He completely misjudged how this was going to be received, but at the same time did things that were so um, so intentionally neutral that people misread them, I think. I mean, he even said in his, in his op-ed piece in the New York Times yesterday – After this 600-page report comes out from the inspector general, he says, if a future FBI leadership team ever faces a similar situation, something I pray never happens, it will have the benefit of this important document. So I don't know if he considers himself a groundbreaker or not, but, but I mean, the, the idea that James Comey was clearly an imperfect man, and he even said as much in his interview with us, put into a situation that was imperfect and unusual and... Uh, a very high-pressure situation that he was talking about because we're talking about him literally having an impact on whether or not that person or that person was elected president of the United States. Many Democrats believe he gave the presidency to Donald Trump. I, I don't I don't really agree with that because that wasn't going to pull the votes that, that Trump pulled in the places that he pulled them. Right. Those people did not give a crap about what Hillary Clinton was doing with her emails. But uh, the inspector general, Michael Horowitz, in, in this 568-page report, determined that James Comey should not have announced unilaterally in July of that year that he would not recommend charges against Hillary and that he should not have called her extremely careless during that highly unusual news conference about that news conference. He held that thing unilaterally. He did not go to the Justice Justice Department and say, I want to do this news conference and, and coordinate with them. He just went out, called it on his own, which to me reeks of I want the limelight. Right. But it also may be what I was talking about, that super intentional neutrality, because okay. it was a few weeks okay. before that. Remember, it was a few weeks before that, that Loretta Lynch, the attorney general, showed up on the plane with Bill Clinton in Phoenix. You're right. And they claim that nothing was said, but just because because James Comey knew that his boss was with Bill Clinton, all he said to her was, I'm going to hold a news conference. Didn't say anything about the content of the news conference. Yeah. So he was in the position, like I said before, this incredibly high pressure and imperfect position where he thought there's a chance – that she is completely uh, jaded in this case, and I have to keep I have to keep a level of separation. There, there is a protocol for how you act as the director of the FBI, but there's not a protocol for this situation. Right. Of, right. Of of his boss of being the, on a plane with yeah. with the husband of the woman who's running for office who you're investigating. So for him to act out of protocol, he had to act out of protocol because there was no playbook for this kind of thing. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's where it, a lot of people come down and say he was he did the right thing in an imperfect position. Like he was he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, but that was the best decision to have been made at the time. What do you think about this part? In this massive report, they identified numerous FBI employees at all levels of the, what, 35,000 people organization that had no reason officially to be in contact with the media, but were nevertheless 
blabbing to reporters repeatedly. What do you think about the idea of the FBI leaking things to the media in this kind of volume? It's strange. I mean, imagine that. It's there's so many people talking to the media that even the inspector general's office in the Department of Justice can't narrow it down. That's like at the scene of every movie uh, where where the guy stands up and says, "I'm Spartacus." And then, no, no, I am a Spartan. I'm the leaker. No, I'm the leaker. No, I'm the leaker. And then everybody's the leaker, so no one's the leaker. Like, that, that, I mean, to me, it's mind-blowing that there's that much, uh, that the people have that, their lips are that loose in an agency like the FBI. And as much respect as I have for people who work in the FBI and agents who have sworn to protect this country and investigate crimes against this country, it's frustrating because when stuff like this comes out, all it does do is undermine the credibility of the agency. I think right now they are desperately trying to hold up the FBI as as a as a solid institution. Well, and, and to because be, it, there's the cracks are showing. It's important, and it's you dangerous for all of us. It, it's not good that the FBI has cracks that are showing. You mentioned there are thirty five thousand plus employees who work for the FBI. This is a select few. This is not a lot of people. And remember, the, I mean, the, the, uh, the bonehead uh, agent who was in charge of Hillary Clinton email investigation and was also an investigator for the Russia probe, that guy and his, his apple-headedness when it comes to sending text messages to his side piece about whether or not Donald Trump was going to become president, that's one guy. And, yes, there are these other text messages. You've got other agents who uh, wanted to make fun of or poke fun at the president, then candidate Trump. But that doesn't mean that 35,000 people strong FBI is a corrupt organization. Don't you miss the stories about the FBI agents and the hookers? Weren't those the good old days? Those are Secret Service guys, though. Uh, Secret Service guys. Well, uh, Secret Service can do whatever they want. FBI hookers. Let's see what comes up here. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I remember a story that involved, yeah, uh, well, DEA agents. That's right. They had the sex parties with the prostitutes. Yeah. And then the Secret Service in uh, Cartagena. But did you, have you ever been, have you ever, in your time as a reporter, how many, what, 15 years, 20 years as a reporter? Did you ever? 20 is a little much, okay. but yeah. <laughs> I started in when I was 37, In your 37 years as a reporter, did you ever offer uh, tickets or dinner or anything like that for information? No. See, that I don't understand that. If you're working in Washington, D.C. or New York, for example, where the FBI is a huge field office. It's kind of a uh, wink, wink, nod, nod, though. It's not like, oh, here's two tickets to the iHeart Radio Music Festival. Give, Tickets are on sale now, by the way. Yeah, Go September on. 21st and 22nd. Yeah, in Las Vegas. Platewood Mac, Carrie yep. Underwood, Justin Timberlake. Yeah, Lynn anyway, Skinner, Jack White. Sam Smith. Right. So it's, it's not like I'm going to hand you the tickets and say, I'll give you these tickets, and you tell me uh, what Nick does in his off time. I've heard he's with hookers. I'm just making it up, Nick. Sorry. Um, it's not like that. It's more like I come to you on a Monday. I'm like, hey, you want to go to the iHeartRadio Music Festival? I got, I got a couple extra tickets. I give them to you. And then maybe two weeks later, I, I, I give you a call. I'm like, hey, how was the concert? Was Oh, yeah, I heard it was awesome. Hey, hey about this about that Nick guy, what, what's going on with him? I've heard some rumors. You're more likely to give me information because I gave you the tickets two weeks ago. Yeah, but you never did that. I didn't. And, and did, no, no, I never did that. And maybe it's because we never worked for an organization like the New York Times that would have those things accessible. You know, they're not they have probably floor seats at Madison Square Garden or something like that. This is a this is a a, a problem I think that has also to do with the members of the media who are doing this. 
to me, this is also a thing where that's that it's an issue where, you know, a couple of reporters call an unidentified FBI executive and a special agent in charge 65 times. One reporter calls an unidentified FBI executive 17 times. And these are not people who work in the FBI press office. These are not people who are authorized to speak with the media about anything. And they ended up bringing in uh, they ended up giving information to the media. The FBI employees uh, chatted not so nicely about Donald Trump. That's what else the report shows. Um, they called him retarded in instant messages. Um, there were some other other things thrown at him. He talked about it, by the way, yesterday. Uh, Donald Trump did. He uh, was out there talking to the media at the White House saying that this is uh, this is proof that they've been plotting against my election, that the FBI was biased at the top level. He was tweeting that he did a great service to the nation by firing James Comey this morning. He, he walks out today to the White House North Lawn to talk with Fox and Friends for more than half an hour. He's, it was kind of funny, too. He's talking mad crap about CNN. And the guy from Fox and Friends is like, they're right behind you because all these reporters behind him. And he's like, I don't care. Oh, why would he care? <laughs> now he's going to care about what the media thinks about him? No. <laughs> no, he's going to yell at Jim Acosta any chance he gets. Yeah. So uh, he, he claimed the report completely, totally, in his words, exonerated him and then started talking about other accomplishments he's achieved and complaining about not getting proper credit. Yeah, uh, here's the thing. I don't think that what we saw yesterday in the 600-page report shows that the FBI was biased against him. It shows that there were several agents who were biased against him. But even that guy, even Peter Strzok, Strzok with an extra Z in there somewhere, who was in charge of the investigation into Hillary Clinton's emails and had a hand in the Russia investigation, the inspector general said, I looked everywhere and couldn't find political bias. I mean, he was. He, there were times when, when Peter Strzok wanted to more aggressively investigate the email server issue that some of his superiors turned him away from. And then the allegation that he was sitting on information about Anthony Weiner's computer may have been true, but there, but they still weren't able to prove that that was a political motivation for him keeping it away from James Comey. There are 35,000 people that work for the FBI. Everybody had an opinion about this election as it was playing out in America. And FBI employees also had opinions. And did they text their opinions sometimes? Yes. Do they show, does it show a broad conspiracy in the FBI to, to not have him elected? No. In fact, the FBI, through James Comey, helped elect President Trump in, in some people's opinions. And I got I to gotta say, I, from, from employees of the FBI who I know personally, whoever is the president doesn't matter to them. Yeah. It doesn't affect their job. It doesn't affect their day-to-day -day life. You have a friend it, that's an FBI agent? Yes, and I don't have any. Really? Yes. You never talk about him. You because, only talk about the pilot friend. Because I can't get anything from the guy from the FBI. Unless I was on some on federal indictment, which hasn't happened yet. Hmm. The other one, I can get free tickets to go, you know, go places. Has this uh, FBI agent friend ever been at a Super Bowl party? Yes. <gasps> Wait a minute. You mean so, my Super Bowl party? So, yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> no, you don't know. <laughs> but, the, but my point is, it's hard for me to believe that someone who is an FBI, you know, agent who's in the field office in, say, Omaha is part of this vast deep state conspiracy against the president. They don't, it doesn't matter who the president is to these uh, street-level FBI agents. Is your friend that's an FBI agent named uh, Chase Bishop? 
Uh, I'm not going to tell you. Okay, because <laughs> Chase Bishop is the FBI agent who accidentally fired his gun and shot somebody while he was at a bar in Denver oh, breakdancing. Man, who hasn't told that story? He says he wants to meet with the injured man, and he's praying for his recovery. Agent Chase Bishop was in court this week, out of custody, turned himself earlier, turned himself in earlier in the week on the second-degree assault charge. He posted bond. He's out, and he is... Um, He's upset about it. You know, he, he's wishing the injured man a full and speedy recovery. I don't think this guy's ever going to be an FBI agent again. No. He says he hopes that he and the injured man can sit down and talk privately when appropriate. What the hell are you going <laughs> to say? appropriate? I'm sorry I got wasted. I brought my gun to the bar and I shot you when I was dancing. Yeah, but do you see that backflip? I totally landed it. Yeah. Yeah. That, the back handspring or whatever he did. The injury was serious, but not life threatening. This was at the Mile High Spirits Distillery and Tasting Bar. Just a friendly reminder. It's just a, it's a moment where we can share this. If you're going to dance today in this beautiful slide bar location, yes. maybe you leave your gun in the car. Or if you feel like you must have it with you, just keep it in a secure holster. And, and, and latch the top of it, either button or Velcro, whatever maybe, you've got over the cross the top Maybe you leave it. it in the car. Or leave it in the car, either way. Yeah. You know? If you're in the parking garage with the urine smell, then make sure that you leave it in there. It's not going not gonna to permeate. Uh, okay, we have a bunch that we're still going to get to today. When we come back, how, if you had to guess uh, a little bit later this hour, if you had to guess how many people at your office have done the nasty mm. in your office... Put a percentage on it. Gary and it, I were talking about you. this earlier. He did not know about. I one, didn't. I didn't know the story. One event that I know about that in, happened in at our, our office. office. Yeah. 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 When he admitted it this morning, we did Handel have a story. Oh, okay, good. Thank God. Wayne did. Wayne did not have sex in the building. All right, let's oh, make a call. Let's man, make a call. That's too... Let's take a break here. That wasn't even the story we were going to tell either. That's, a, that's disgusting. Gary now we're making Janet. it worse. We are live at and the And you slide... guys wonder why I wipe everything down all the time. We are live man. at the slide bar here. Come over, hang out with us, grab some beers. It's always a good time. We are on Commonwealth Avenue in Fullerton at the slide bar. More coming up next. Sex at work stories are rolling uh, in. This is terrifying. We may need to get stories from everybody uh, uh, that, that people have heard. Hit us up on Twitter at Gary and Shannon or uh, Facebook with your stories about people that you know at work have had the had the sex in the workplace. Because I've got three stories already, and I didn't even ask for them. John emailed one as well. I can't. We'll get into it next segment because it's pretty. Pretty disgusting. But uh, we are live today at uh, Slide Bar in Fullerton. Already a bunch of people in the house. Uh, come on out and grab a beer, maybe an early lunch, or uh, an early lunch that turns into a very long lunch, because uh, we're going to be here until 2 o'clock. It's Friday. It's a beautiful day. Get the hell out of there. I mean, stuck at work is not an excuse that we're willing to take. I'm not going to say who, because I don't want to blow their cover, but somebody already called uh, the boss and blamed food poisoning for the fact that they're not at work today. Yes. Uh, and I'm not going to say whether or not they're here in the audience yet. Yeah, this is like AA. Everyone can remain anonymous. No one's going to tell your stories out of class. We even, and if we do, we'll just make up a, a fake name. So feel free. This is a safe space. All right. 
Uh, a couple of things that are going on. We are going to revisit that story about the FBI because uh, in the 1 o'clock hour, there's, there are potentially more uh, nuggets coming out of that 600-page report from the Inspector General. Uh, and we'll talk about that. We also have Swamp Watch coming up at 1230 where we get into what's going on in Washington, D.C. I could sit on that entire pile of French fries right there and what? be in heaven. Who said French fries? Right there. She's those got are, a big Those thing are tater tots. No, oh, no, right oh, behind those. Those, yep. are, <gasps> those are French fries. Look at that burger. Um, we have an update also on the USC story. The There's gynecologist an egg who, on that burger. Amazing. Oh, excellent point. That is an excellent point. You put an egg on something, make it breakfast. Uh, so, anyway, we'll get into the USC story uh, later uh, next hour as well. Have but. you seen this cell phone video from yes. Daytona Beach, Florida? Terrifying. It's everyone's worst fear when they get strapped into those roller coasters. I've said this before. If there was a, a TV channel on my cable package that just showed point of view, first person, roller coasters i would watch that thing 24 hours a day you know there's this thing called youtube and, yeah i know uh, but i have you, to go searching go, for it and i have to look for go, it i want something you where go it's to just, the internet i know www.youtube I, I just want them to just just play on a loop where i don't have to type anything and just show it to me i think that's also on youtube and then late on a friday night or a saturday night say like after 10 they show roller coaster accidents <gasps> you imagine the ratings on that? Oh, Somebody's got to get into that. This one was in Daytona Beach, Florida. It's a it's a ride called Sand Blaster. It, it is now called Sand Blaster. I did some research, and if you know anything about roller coasters, a lot of times they'll just take them apart, ship them to some other amusement park, build them back up, and say it's a new ride. When in fact, in this case, it happens to be a you know thirty five forty year old ride that they've repackaged a bunch of times because it's been in Adventureland, it's been in Legend City, Wild West World, uh, Del Grosso's Amusement Park, Blue Diamond Park, Boardwalk Amusements. It's been all these different places all I can think since of 1975. All I can think of is Cunning Dental when you tell me that. You know, all these different carnivals. Yeah. You know, there, there's a guy that's been manning this roller coaster for for the last 70 years, setting uh, it up everywhere. You got three cars per train in this roller coaster and the riders are arranged two across in two rows, 12 riders per train. Big deal. This thing derailed last night in Daytona Beach, Florida. Ten riders in this uh, in these train of three cars. Two of them fell out of the front car to the ground. The front car. The, the front car. The, the car that we all want. Sometimes we even let people go in front of us because we want to sit in the front yeah. on the Thunder Mountain Railroad. And in this case, they dropped more than 30 feet to the ground. And then two other people who didn't fall out were left dangling in that roller coaster car. What would you say 30 feet is? Is that the ceiling here? No, more than that. More than that. The ceiling up there? More than that. Oh, no. Oh, yes. That's probably maybe 18, 20 feet right there. That could be fatal if, if, you, you, if did, you landed the wrong way. If you put your noodle down first, I suppose that would be a problem. Uh, two of the victims transported as trauma alerts. They were talking about the, that being an indicator of how severe their injuries were, but that there were others. The number I saw this morning was that there were six people who were uh, injured in total who had to be taken out of the, the amusement park and taken to the hospital. They still don't know why the car came off its track. It was probably something uh, that Scooby-Doo uh, would be able to figure out. You know, the haunted, the haunted amusement park and why did the roller coaster derail? It was because old man Rochester was running around in the monster mask, and it's going to take uh, Daphne and Velma to find him and rip his mask off before we'd, uh, we know exactly what happened. 
We will gonna the the video of oh. it. Why do you keep torturing yourself? Uh, I don't know. I like watching uh, terrible things. <laughs> All right. When we come back, uh, there is a, a headline which is uh, should be vomit inducing, especially if you are at work. We're gonna read some of the emails we've already got. We didn't even ask for these, but. The stories of people who are getting it on in the workplace when they shouldn't be. Look I mean, that's this. not part of their job. Look at the bar filling up quite nicely. Yeah. Before what, 11 a.m. That's what we do. We got a lady at the bar, too. The shocking number of people who have sex at work, and we have stories, unfortunately, about our own office. Like our office, not just the building, but the place where we sit our butts every morning. Uh. Gary and Shannon, live at the Slide Bar in Fullerton. Come join us. Sunshine, beer, burgers. What more do you want? There's a there's an inflatable unicorn floating in the uh, garden out there. There's a garden? Well, I just said that because okay. I felt like I needed a word for the outside area. Gary and Shannon will continue. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on. Get We are live today, the Gary and Shannon Show on the road. We're out here at Slide Bar Rock and Roll Kitchen in Fullerton for our latest news and brews. Hey, what are we going to do with these beads? What are, how are we going to give these I don't away? Know, how do people usually give beads away? I don't want to answer that question. All right. I don't know what the rules are for public nudity in Fullerton. Well, I mean, if you come if you come deep enough into the bar here, it's probably not an issue. I think Petros takes his top off here, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And his so you're dad. Give him some beads? Maybe, maybe. All right. Maybe I do. Um, at the top of the hour, we're going to get into that story at, uh, out of USC. The uh, the LAPD has now raided the home of that longtime gynecologist uh, for who has been accused of multiple instances of inappropriate touching comments etc so we'll talk about that but this was a this was a, a, <laughs> the stories a terrifying keep coming story. in here <laughs> uh there is a oh thanks very much appreciate that the Coors Light King on Twitter at Gary and Shannon says, Back in the day, I worked for Frito-Lay as a delivery driver. Okay. At least once a week, I would hump my girlfriend in the truck wow. on my lunch break. God. This, you, you if, if that horrifies you, the stories are going to get a lot worse. Uh, John wrote in and said, I work for a large company in OC, and they used to have a lazy boy room full of lazy boys and sofas and everything. We heard lots of very reliable sources say that if you took a blue light in there, the nope, room... Nope, 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 nope. Pulling the car over. The room... We're not, we're not finishing that sentence. Would glow like nope. Three Mile Island. Nope. That's what he says. The, the story is that a, a, a new survey conducted by a sex toy store showed that of wait the, a minute here yeah well i mean that's that that's where you know you got to know where the source I is i didn't know that people in the sex toy community were doing research of course they are they studied 2000 people mm-hmm. and said that 14% of those 2000 said that they had done it at their place of work and that of those who have done it at work about 20% of them get caught in the act Oh, that's the shocking stat. Could you one, imagine? One now, in ten does not surprise me, um, but that 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 they get caught—that's terrible. Could you imagine walking in on somebody that we work no, with having the, no, the sexy time? I don't want to talk about it. Well, I want to talk about it because we got word from Jennifer Jones Lee that it was Wayne Resnick this morning that admitted what? on the air 
that he didn't know exactly when it was, but he had sex with some girlfriend who did not work at our station, but it happened in the office we are in now. That is not true. In our office? Yes. Do we know when? No. Before we moved into the office? I don't know. Because when we moved in, I requested that, that thing be sponged from the top to the bottom, like just scrubbed. Yeah, request in one hand. I don't think that was ever done. And we know the carpet's been replaced. I mean, I have heard about sex in our office before. Right. But I didn't know it involved Wayne. Uh. So I think this is prevalent, uh, and more that's prevalent just one than we of the, thought. That's just one of the stories, because you told me one earlier this morning from another coworker of ours. Yes. Who admits to have done that thing. Yeah, that happened at the new, in the news booth. Okay, now that, just to describe for... Oh, yeah, okay, so the news, booth booth the news booth is... this is, big. <laughs> you know, it's this big. It's a large closet, um, but, but that's as big as it gets. Yeah. And I can't think of a lot of surfaces where... where I mean, I suppose if you... Are we really going well, to think about all the surfaces? I'm just trying to think of... Well, we have a ping pong table in there. That's a good surface no, for, it's for not. lovemaking. That is a rickety, rickety thing. You well, spent $140 on that ping pong table. If, if you put Steve Gregory's Snuggie down on the pool table, it could be like a blanket. Make it a little softer. You, you've... No. Well, then why would you know that? I was just thinking of things in our office that, that they could Wayne could use. 44% of Americans say they have had a full-fledged workplace romance, uh, and that a lot of those, those people who say that, 92% of them said that they, uh, they were more excited to go to work if they had workplace romance going on. That makes sense. I mean, can you think about all the jobs out there that are really dull and mundane and a slog to get through. If you've got a love interest there, suddenly it's not such a slog. Now, in this... Have you ever dated anyone you worked with? N- yeah. And? Didn't it make it more fun to go to work? No. Oh. No, no, it was... Um, no. Oh. It was really crazy. I'd like to hear more. No, you wouldn't. Because I think I've told you the name of that person, and you, I can't tell oh, the, you names oh, the radio anymore. Girl? Yeah, I can't tell you names because you go, I'm Googling, and then I lose <laughs> you for like 30 minutes as you find out every piece of current information about well, that person. The interesting thing about her, if I remember correctly, when I tried to go down the Google hole, is it was. It was She's a, dead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. at oh, least I mean, on it the was internet. It's existent, <laughs> which is probably not a good idea. It's not out of the realm of possibility that she is currently in witness relief location not because of anything i did mm-hmm. but because of her uh, her past um 34 of those who have gotten busy with their boss say they've done it to gain favor and climb the ladder oh, at work me too me too just went down the toilet yep um the uh, fred petrenko works for this group called eden fantasies i'm googling which I guess what is eden sixer. fantasies is careful uh eden careful on that computer there uh, it says, don't put yourself and your partner at risk by getting frisky at work. After all, nothing beats a comfortable bed. Uh, well, then he goes on to talk about some of the products that they sell. From they have an Eden 80% off sale right now. 80%? Mm-hmm. Why don't they just give you this stuff for free then? I guess it depends on how much it costs. Uh, but you didn't answer the question that you asked me. No, I have never. No, that, that was always a firm rule for me. Because you don't want to deal with that when you're trying to focus on work. Right. You don't well, want to deal with that drama. And, and you know, it's going to go south, and then it's awkward. That's why I don't understand 92% of those who said that they, it made them more excited to go to work. Well, yeah, I don't know. 
Anyway, if you have these great stories, we would love to hear them. You can email them to us. Yeah, we'll tell them throughout the day. Uh, email them to us, or you can hit us up at uh, on Twitter, Gary and Shannon, or Facebook. Tell us your stories. Uh, a couple of things to keep in mind. Not only are we going to be live until 2 o'clock today here at uh, Slide Bar in Fullerton, the Rock and Roll Kitchen, uh, tonight at 6 o'clock, Conway has a very special guest. If you remember Rebecca Black, she is going to be stopping by the Tim Conway Jr. Show starting at about 6 o'clock, talking about her career, her past, her present, her future, and she's got a new song out. She's got a new single. He starts every Friday show off with her hit, Friday. Yeah. So maybe she sings it live today? And you know what? He has never made fun of that song. You know, everyone everyone made fun of that song when it came out. She was uh, a rich girl. I think Daddy paid for the production, right. the whole bit. And, and now she's a much guys, richer girl. You guys raked her over the coals on the no, morning show. All we did was play all of the different cover versions of it. Okay. Um, well, I believe you had some fun with the song, too. No. And I heard that it was also in the running for worst song ever made, ever. Yes. That... Um, but Conway is the one person who has never made fun of that song. Uh, so he's going to be on, and, and they're going to talk about some very serious things, too, like cyberbullying. She was one of those people uh, who, who experienced a lot of it. Because of that point. song. No, not because of me. I thought you were going to say because I oh, no. something I did. No, no, no. Uh, also, tomorrow, Law Day, from 9 a.m. until 2 p.m. at the Bowers Museum down the, down the road in Santa Ana. Free legal advice from over 100 handleonthelaw.com attorneys. You don't have to register. Just show up with your armfuls of paperwork, and they'll slog through it with you. Real estate, bankruptcy, divorce, whatever your case may be, Law Day 2018. Again, tomorrow, starting at 9 a.m. at Bowers Museum on North Main Street there in Santa Ana. Coming up next, USC gets raided. Well, one of its bad doctors gets raided. We'll tell you all about it right here on Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, live today at Slide Bar Rock and Roll Kitchen, downtown Fullerton. We'd love it if you would come by. Marianne is here. Clayton is here. Cody's here. Everyone is here. This is where the party is at this Friday. We've got sunshine. We've got beer. uh, We've got burgers. What more do you want? French fries? Have I I checked all the boxes? We've got beads. Unicorns. America. Uh, um, uh, thanks to the guys from uh, these distributors who have already come by and given us gifts. Uh, uh, the guy from Golden Road came and brought us uh, a hat. And, and Budweiser, the Budweiser guy. Budweiser too. guy yeah. brought us uh, an America hat. Um, this is, by the way, Friday. The free movie Friday program of Adam Tickets is back. The Adam Tickets app lets you browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends. And pre-order concessions all from your phone. You can skip the lines as well. Uh, today, Adam Tickets wants to give you a chance at those free movie tickets. So all you have to do is text the word reporter to Adam1. That's A-T-O-M-1. Text the word reporter to Adam1 for your chance to win. Of course, your data text message rates may apply. Police detectives yesterday served search warrants at the home of that bad gynecologist from USC, as well as a storage facility that he has, as they continue to investigate allegations that he sexually mistreated patients. The LAPD says it's been in contact with 135 women about this guy. 
Tyndall is his name. Uh, he was the campus gynecologist for nearly 30 years. We've detailed the story uh, on our show quite a bit. Complaints against this guy started coming in in the 90s, and it looks like everyone kind of just looked the other way. It's difficult because of the work that he does, um, where he is through his job course of action going to be in that area Um, but the way that he was doing exams is not normal and usc does a lot of business for foreign students a lot of students coming from china it's their first brush with american medicine maybe they thought that this is how it's done here which is just such a sad part of it uh there's something to be said i don't know if this is common procedure but they handcuffed him while they went through and did, uh, served the search warrant at his house. And I don't know if they do that all the time, but to me that was significant. He wasn't taken into custody. He still has yet to be charged with a crime. Um, but that, that to me showed... I don't think they do do that all the time. That showed to me that they... But is, is it also a bit of like a, a perp walk? Like they also want that information to get out to us. So uh, that he was while, while USC is looking the other way, LAPD will be, you know, <laughs> harsh on this guy. It's potential, I guess. USC said that the, the complaints about this uh, Dr. Tyndall dated to the early 2000s, uh, that they reached the head of the clinic who died a couple of years ago, so well, we can't but, talk to him about it. But that's not true, though, because we heard about complaints that were made in the 90s. Right. So are they still trying to pretend that the, that this uh, they're trying to minimize it still? I think I what know. they're arguing is that, that it didn't rise to the level of the head of the clinic, the one who would, been, who would have been able to take some sort of action against the doctor. Yeah. But remember, the reason that we even caught wind of this is because a nurse that worked with this guy went to, uh, went to the rape crisis center there on campus. I mean, it, it, it reached a point where even somebody who was working with him thought that he was the things that he was doing were so egregious that, that law enforcement needed to be involved. It was only after one of these, the, these nurses that went to the crisis center in 2016 that he was removed. And the, the people at USC, the people in power at USC, said that the system for reporting and disciplining this bad doctor broke down. And while it broke down... Crap. That is crap. That's baloney. That's you, grade A baloney. While it, it broke down... It didn't break down. They just wanted plausible deniability <laughs> at the top. The, the complaints never got passed along, and that seems to be what the culture of cover-up was at USC. And, and that's what, what needs to change. The fact that there was a communication breakdown, when you're talking about more than 400, 500 women who have come forward right. and said that this guy... That's ridiculous. It was a complete cover-up. Well, and we've seen this. You know, we called for the for Max Nickius to get his get his ass handed to him and, and move on. And it took a while for this to happen, especially after the Carmen Puglia-Fito issue from last year or two years ago, whatever it was. And then this issue pops up, and there there was a culture there in the higher echelons of USC where they were ignoring, or if not ignoring, trying to hide what was going on. Yeah, I mean, if it's one or two complaints, I can see where they would fall through the cracks, potentially. Or maybe they don't rise to the level of seriousness because you're never going to make everybody happy. Uh, Somebody's always going to complain about something. But it was hundreds. Yeah, hundreds. And and then they they let him go. They. I wonder what the search warrant was for. You know, I wonder what... What was listed on? I don't that. remember. I was thinking about. Um, I was thinking that he was taking pictures, but oh. it, it, and I, I think that may have been one of the original arg, uh, articles that the LA Times put out that, that he was taking pictures. Okay, N- and not that they were uh, overtly sexual in nature, but just inappropriate. And he was that arguing so that gross. they were doing them. F- he was using them for medical purposes. But I mean, this guy had this. Uh, uh, he was 
able to do this without USC reporting him to the state medical board, which would investigate the misconduct by any doctor and had the power to terminate his license. They didn't do anything about this. At least they didn't notify the state medical board until March of last year. It which was, is, it, oh which my is gosh, did you after, read it? After they uh, allowed him to retire quietly and with a giant payout so he would never work again. Gloria Allred, I guess, filed some new charges in the case when you're talking about a civil suit. And she came up, her, her people came up with even more details. It yeah. wasn't just touching that this guy was, uh, was doing. He was talking to them about their sex lives, about uh, positions and things. What a sicko. This, well, oh, a war- just a warning. Here's, here's I'm big- re- I want to read to this because to that end, I want to read to you. Can I at- say it? I don't think so. I mean, people are eating food all right well you know i mean he was he was asking these women i think positions was enough okay you know no, what i mean you'll just go with that uh let's just let's class it up a little bit today we're, <laughs> right. we're, we're in orange county today all right today we're the gonna fancy class people. it up um but here's the big red flag for me if i saw this license plate on a on a doctor's car it would be a red flag for me his license plate was personal personalized and it read no gloves n- no what did it say God, it said co-ed doc. Oh, that's swarmy, isn't it? You know, it, you know, you think about the guys that call the girls co-eds. It's that guy who's, you know, kind of sleazy. John Hamm from Mad Men. Yeah, but not hot like that. <laughs> I guess not hot. That's the key. Um, when we come back, we're going to get into uh, some of the stuff that's going on in Sacramento. Hey, I know this is going to be a surprise. They actually got the budget to the governor on time, which we don't get to say very often here in the state of California. Uh, but also, they have three-quarters of a billion dollars for them to get some new offices, which I don't mind if they're working out of um, temporary toilets. To- toilets. <laughs> they should be working porta-potties. out of potties uh, we'll talk about that. We are live today at the Slide Bar, Rock and Roll Kitchen, downtown Fullerton. Come on out. We even have bonus bells. And bonus bells and beads and a unicorn, all of it. Uh, are you going to give away the unicorn? Um, No. Oh. No. I thought that was a thing. No, but we have stickers to give away. We have stickers to give away, all kinds of stuff. So come on out um, and follow us, of course, on social media, at Gary and Shannon. We'll have some fun pictures of what's going on today. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon live today. Our latest news and brews. We're at Slide Bar. Hey, look who just walked in. Bulletin. Dean Sharp. And I don't know what this is, but don't. I'm not going to play with it. What you're doing right now is playing with I'm it. I'm supervised. Right. It's, a blow, it's like a blowtorch. Dean didn't walk far enough no. away. <laughs> He could have slapped it out of your hand if he had to. Uh, Don't worry, I won't pick it up again. We're going to talk with Dean here in just a few minutes. Uh, But you can still come on down to Slide Bar. We'd love to see you have some lunch, grab a beer, whatever it is. We'll be here until 2 o'clock. Our friends Petros and Money are actually going to do their show from here as well at 2 o'clock. So the party continues right after we uh, step down from here. We're like the warm-up act. 
If you, yes, we're, we're like absolutely. Rebecca Black at like a uh, Kesha concert. Oh, so producer Michelle also pointed out Rebecca Black, by the way, from Friday fame. She's going to be on with Conway in the six o'clock hour tonight. So you're going to want to listen to that. She was on The Four, which I watched for the first time last night. I watched a portion of the show. What is that show? It's a singing contest. I mean, it's a talent contest, basically. You know, you know it's a, hey, it's a, <laughs> a singing thing. A lot of this going on. <laughs> uh, but that she auditioned for that show and apparently crushed it. Like, she was really but legitimately she's a good. singer. Well, yes, I know that. Uh, well, I, I don't know how, well, I shouldn't say It'd I. It would be like you going to a contest to be on the radio, you know? You're already kind of doing it. It's not really fair. She's kind of a ringer. I guess. But anyway, she did it. Anyway, so if you want to, if you want to check it, I think the video is up on our website if you want to go check it out. Well, the California state budget is in, and we usually don't spend a lot of time on the state budget because it's uh, not riveting stuff to go through. And, um, and the but, only thing that, that really rose to anyone's attention over the last 20 years is how often the legislature would miss the time that they, they missed the deadline for getting the budget to the governor. And there were always discussions about, well, should we pay the legislators if they're going to be so late? Should we continue, you know, should we find them, find them, yeah, you know, shoot them in the foot or something like that. But anyway, none of that has worked. They finally got it in time. Twenty five separate separate pieces of legislation that make up the budget. And it, this this time around. It's almost $200 billion. That's how big the state of California's budget is. I think it's $199.6 billion. $1.6 billion of that stash will be set aside to build new structures in downtown Sacramento, including, and this is why we're bringing this up, a project that will replace a bunch of offices attached to the Capitol and will temporarily move legislative staff to a yet-to-be-constructed office building on O Street. Okay, but wait. Th- you know, it's unfortunate. Uh, an unfortunate thing that happened from this whole Me Too movement is now every time I see the words legislative staff in conjunction with a, a story out of Sacramento and the Capitol, I think of Christina Garcia groping yeah. her legislative staffer. And that's not a fun thing to go back to in my mind. I think she groped his legislative staff. They are sorry. They also re- refer to this uh, the offices that are attached to the Capitol as a warren of offices, mm-hmm. which makes you think like there are badgers living in this building or something like that. It's downtown Sacramento is like any other medium-sized city throughout ca- throughout California throughout the United States. They're, they're running out of room in certain areas, but that doesn't mean that they get $1.6 billion to build these new structures. But they do. Well, they just did. That's because you, here's the thing. If someone offered you a half a million dollars to rejigger your house, to refurbish your house, whatever you wanted to do, you would go, hey, that's great. It's not my money. I might as well use it. Right. Right? right? That's exactly what they're doing. Well, that's what they 1. do with 6, everything. $1.6 billion is not their money, so they don't mind using it to spruce up their offices a little bit. Well, Assemblyman Ken Cooley, Democrat at Arancho Cordova that's up there in Sacramento, uh, was a key advocate for this project. Uh, he says the existing structure sits on an underground parking lot, which was considered a security risk. Because Christina Garcia would have a couple pops and apparently go in that underground garage and start groping the guys. She's hiding behind the pillars as these legislators are going to the cars. It was dark in there. Um, They said that the annex had crowded hallways. Oh, too bad. And limited access for people with disabilities. Throw in a couple of ramps. Perhaps we widen some of the doorways. That doesn't cost $1.6 billion. 
Cooley also released a study a few months ago on how the state could replace the structure, aiming to create a more uh, inviting setting for thousands of tourists and students who visit the Capitol every year. I have one suggestion. Hide the lawmakers. Hide the legislators. Get them out of the hallways of the Capitol, and more people would be willing to go in there. If you, um, if you haven't been to the state Capitol, it's a pretty cool old building. I, mean, it's, it's, I like the old parts of California, which, in all honesty, are not that old compared to other parts of even the United States, but definitely other parts of the world. It is beautiful grounds uh, up there. Uh, very fun architecture and, and cool flourishes inside. It's just you have to hold your nose as you walk around in there. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I, I mean, and the the project, the way they're talking about this one point six billion dollar project to build new legislative offices, not only do you shut down what it is that you've got now because they say it's a security risk, you have to spend almost a half a billion dollars to build out uh, another existing property on O Street to temporarily house the legislative offices while they build the new one. So. They can't just sit where they are and wait for the new building to come. They have to move into temporary offices, they say, which all must be wonderful, especially when it's not your money that you're spending. You know what I'm surprised about? If they are widening things, making bigger working quarters there, how they were able to escape ADA lawsuits for as long as they were, or maybe that plays into it. Maybe they were. That this put pressure on them, that somebody filed yeah, a lawsuit? Yeah, I mean, if it's not up to code for ADA requirements... Why wasn't this done years ago? I don't know. I don't know. All right. When we come back, Dean Sharp is going to join us, host of uh, Home with Dean Sharp. We're going to talk about some fire safety things to keep in mind, and a special, especially for you people who are uh, in the building today. Why does Dean have Slide a, Bar in Fullerton? Why does Dean have a diaper in his we, hand? We have uh, demonstrations today. Do we have a baby in the house? He brought props. Or is that just for your own personal fun? Oh, my gosh, it's a loaded diaper. Yeah, what did you put in that? All right, we'll, we'll find out what goes on here <laughs> when we come back. Come join us. We are on Commonwealth Avenue in Fullerton. Sunshine, beer, burgers, beads, unicorns. Fries. Fries. Ta- tater tots. Oh. Have and you, oh, and have party you, bells. Uh, bonus bells. And have you seen anybody eating those mac and cheese balls from hell yet? Uh, does anybody little, have them? There's some back there on oh, the bar. Aren't as those so good, Marianne? Yeah. Ah, incredible. Yes, I'm going to yeah. get into some of that later. Oh, cauliflower. Oh, that don't, don't eat cauliflower here. What are you, crazy? <laughs> There's burgers on the menu. Why would you eat cauliflower? Oh, boy. Oh, All it's right. a buffalo cauliflower. We oh, had in that, that case, before. yes. That is really good. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you the pass on All that All right, one. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk at the Slide Bar in Fullerton. We are live at the Slide Bar here in Fullerton. I'm moving away from Dean Sharp right now because he has a blowtorch. Uh, this is your, I think this is Is you. that me? Yeah, oh, there, there you go. All right, I'm on. Just follow the cord. Don't follow move away. Cord. You're part of this. I'm oh, not saying yeah. You're going to be a part uh, of this. I am? Oh, yes. Okay. You, know what, you know what burned blonde hair smells like? Yes. All right. Uh, yeah. Dean Sharp, the House Whisperer, host of Home with uh, Dean Sharp on Sundays right here on KFI. Talking about all kinds of stuff that goes on inside the home when it comes to decoration and construction and maintenance and things like that. Dang right. Uh, so I heard you talk with Handel about the idea that um, there are ways that we can get ready for fire season, which is a, unfortunately, it's 
year-round year thing here. It's just a reality California. now. Oh, and did you hear the report from uh, Chris Ancarlo, I think it was, about all the uh, rookie firefighters and all the, the – it's like a, max, a mass exodus from L.A. County Fire, of people retiring yeah. and, and people in very important spots too, chiefs and assistant chiefs and all that. Terrifying. Great. No, the training is oh, top training notch. is great, top yeah. Notch. They're all ready. I would love the guy. <laughs> yeah. No experience. All right, normally – uh, with the uh, handle on Wednesdays and you guys on Fridays, we split up the content and uh, do different things just to keep it hopping. But it's the beginning of fire season. I thought that this was super important and it bared repeating. And plus, everybody wants to see us try and light a diaper on fire, yeah. right? Yeah. Did we clear this with the uh, management? Absolutely not. Okay. We're just doing it. Well, I just saw the manager clapping. We're just doing it. When you said fire, so that's so a good sign. Here's here's the best question you've been asked this Why week, Shannon. Why are you Shannon. moving closer to me? Shannon, a- this is the best question you've been asked this week. Yeah. Do you want to hold the laser mm-hmm. or the blowtorch? Blow Your uh, choice. Uh, the laser. All right, you get the laser. Yeah. Then Gary gets the blowtorch. Oh, no, 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 I'll take the blowtorch then. All right, all right, yeah. Gary gets the laser. I don't trust him with the blowtorch. All right. All right, so here's the thing. Fire season, a lot of people live in open space. One of the things we learned from the Napa fires last year and all the crazy stuff and the Thomas fire is that 80% of homes that catch on fire as a result of fires nearby It doesn't happen because the flames are licking up against the side of your house. It happens because embers are floating through the air up to a mile away. They get into your roof. They land on something near the house. So anyway, when a fire is nearby, there aren't a lot of things you can do other than call the fire department up until now and uh, get ready to evacuate. But I found this. This is brilliant stuff. Uh, There was a firefighter in Florida who years ago kept running into house fires and realizing, and I don't know why he noticed this, but that dirty soiled diapers weren't burning. Because mm, nobody wants Like that. the whole nursery is burning, but the diapers are not burning. So he did some research. He looked into it. Turns out that the stuff, the crystals that are in the liner of a diaper are a non-toxic polymer that hold like 10 times their weight in water, number right. one. And when they get wet, and that's what this is, we just, we just, I just poured two bottles worth of, of uh, drinking water in, <laughs> into <No>. this. <laughs> you can touch it. Did you filter it through touch your body first? Touch my diaper. First, touch did... my diaper, oh, that's Shannon. moist. Right? <laughs> that's gross. Right? Ah. So it turns into a gel. So he went to work with a chemist and Don't came up with. Don't wipe the diaper on my dress. <laughs> he came up with a liquid form of this. It comes in one-gallon containers. And the top of the container has a little spray nozzle adapter that you can attach your garden hose to it. Okay. And essentially... Like they do for some some weed products. Yeah, like weed products or like if you're spraying miracle grow on the lawn, right? So let's say you're in a situation. You don't pull this out every day. You're in a situation. You just have this tucked away. Four gallons of this stuff covers like 2,000 square feet. You've got this tucked away in your garage. But now is the day, finally, there's a fire nearby. You might be asked to evacuate. And uh, before you do, you get out the garden hose, you grab these jugs, and you go out in the back. Whatever side of the house is facing the fire, you spray this down. It creates a gel, a non-toxic, non-staining gel. It will cling to the surface of the house. It will cling to decks. It will cling to trees and landscape foliage for between, depending on weather conditions, 8 to 24 hours. 
which is the time period where the fire is either going to hit yeah. your house or pass so, on yeah. by. Maybe so you right spray before it and leave. You, yeah, right. right before you evacuate. And it essentially fireproofs the house. There have been tests now done where entire neighborhoods have burnt down except for the house that sprayed themselves with this gel. How much is it? It is $475 for four gallons worth. I know it's a little pricey. It's not 30 bucks at the hardware store. But, but so is losing your house. <laughs> $475 is, a, is an inexpensive insurance, fire insurance policy yeah. if you live in a high fire threat area. That's great stuff, And man. so What's just to prove it, uh, the, the stuff is called Barrier. They're not a sponsor of the show. It's just a fantastic product. You can find them on Fire Gel firegel.com. You go and check it out. There are a couple of different products out there. This is the one that I was focusing in on. So I just thought we would try and set a diaper on fire just to demonstrate how effective this is. Okay. So this, this is a map gas torch that plumbers use to sweat copper pipes. So you just you said get turned many on words that she didn't understand. <laughs> All you need to know is that... Oh. You can hear that? Yeah. Uh, I know this, what copper pipes are. This flame burns at 3,600 <laughs> degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. Okay, so don't get it near your hair. Okay. That... <laughs> That is a laser thermometer. He's backing yes. away from okay. everything. So, first of all, Gary, yeah. uh, put the dot on this and tell me. Even, here, uh, hit the countertop. What's the temperature of the countertop? Countertop here? right now, it says 88 degrees, right. 89. So, one of the first things this stuff does, which is amazing, is what is that? That says about 74. Okay, so because it holds on to water in multiple layers, it cools the surface to begin with. That's okay. cool. Then it holds a lot of water, and then. The key is that when this thing gelatinizes, it drives out oxygen. Is that a word? Yes. Oxygen is one of the elements. You need three things for something to combust. You need heat, you need fuel, and you need oxygen. oxygen. And if there's no oxygen against the surface of what's burning, it's not going to burn. So, so how Shannon, am I not going to hit your hand? Okay, hold it up here. Okay. Wait a minute. That's wait a minute. the trigger. We, let's okay. do this. Let's do this. What? Right there. Let's, let's practice, and we're going to come back and let Shannon burn Dean down to the ground. Okay? Oh. We'll, we'll take a break because I think this is is going to be important to make sure that we know where the fire extinguisher is. All right. I've seen right. how you handle right. open flame right. before, and I just want to make sure. Okay. All we'll, right. We'll set the place on fire All when right. we come back. Dean is going to burn down, and Shannon's going to be responsible for it when we come back. Gary and Shannon, Shannon continue. Yes. We're live today. Slide bar here in Fullerton. Come join us. There's beer is cold. The burgers are warm. Yes, and for the next few minutes, you the might diapers even, are hot. You might even see <laughs> Dean before he burned to a crisp. All right, <laughs> Gary Channel will continue just a moment. We are live today. Fly Bar in Fullerton turns out to be a beautiful day today, an opportunity for you to come on out and have a, a nice Friday lunch, kick off that weekend early with us. Um, I might suggest the uh, uh, Elysian Brewing Space Dust IPA. That's a good way to start. That sounds pretty good. It'll, it'll punch you right in the face. A lot of uh, brewskis being poured. There's a couple who remain nameless who uh, were here at 10 a.m. with brewskis ready to go. And I am a big fan of them. Hey, <laughs> it's Ireland somewhere. Somewhere. That's right. How are we going to give these beads away? I don't know. You keep asking that, and I have yet to see any nipples. So I, I don't, don't think know you if... should throw them out there because later on something 
could, you know, well, could happen. Maybe She's going to get I'll caught leave. on that fan up there. And maybe I'll that's leave what's going to happen. For, uh, Petros and money. They, 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 their, their people get their. They are off. creative. Yeah. When it comes to yeah. giving things away. Okay, uh, let's set some stuff on fire. Dean Sharp right. has joined us, host of uh, Home uh, here on Sundays on KFI. We're talking about fire safety and this new product that you can buy that actually you can spray onto the side of your house in the event that there's a fire nearby. This fire. stuff won't catch fire. Yeah. Right. And it's based on diaper crystal technology. Right. It is. Diaper uh, crystals. Non-toxic polymer is what is used in a baby diaper. And we're just going to prove that. The fact that it's not, you know, there aren't baby. You should not go to Costco and buy like 500 baby diapers to protect your house. And tape them up on the side of the house. Because I just want to be clear, the outside of this thing burns. So, Shannon, <laughs> you got to be very accurate okay, about, here. Okay? I'm going to start the flame, and you just angle right. the diaper so into So Shannon's my holding fire. Uh, an acetylene torch that burns at 3,600 degrees Fahrenheit, okay. and I have my bare hand on the other side of this, like, this an inch away. This is a bad idea. This here is like go. that jackass So lower movie. it a little bit. Okay. All right, here we go. Ready? Yep. Are you sure? I'm just going to press go. the button. Here we go. Here, why don't you point it back here so everybody can see it? Oh, point it back here. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm right. just going to press the button. Okay, lower down. Wait, wait, what am yeah. I doing with the laser now? Uh, I'm, just, uh... I'm stressing out about your fingers. Yeah, you can just point that wherever you want. All right. <laughs> okay, uh, I, I'm going to press the button. Ready? All right. Go. I'm not trying to burn Do you. it. Do All it. Right. Hold it. Okay. Hold it. It's not catching fire, Dean. Look at what doesn't happen. Oh, the top of it is... Yeah, the top of it's melting. And my hand, I can't even feel any warmth on the back of my hand. Wow. All right, so that was 3,500 degrees. Good time. There see it, how is. it is. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Ow. Ooh, it, the top is hot. It says it's about 130 degrees right now, right where she had that. But still, that's definitely not hot oh, enough. Oh, oh, the crystals. And I just spilled the crystals. The diaper uh, crystals. All right. Well. All right. There you go. Good times. It's all fun and games <laughs> till you spill your diaper. <laughs> it says that Shannon's Diet Coke is 36 degrees. Oh, that sounds nice. This is the coolest little trick you brought the whole thing, this laser thermometer dealie. I see. Yeah, isn't that cool? The computer is 96 degrees. All right, hey, stop. Oh, sorry. One last thing. Yeah. <laughs> we started last segment talking about how uh, 80% of house fires uh, start with a fire in the area as a result of embers traveling through the air, not flames licking up against the side of your house. But when the flames get there, then... You've got issues, right? So this gel is one of those ways of protecting the house. This is another way. This is a house foundation vent. But it is a, we've talked about this before, but they weren't available for me to grab before. This is called a Vulcan vent. This is a foundation form that make gable vents for your attic. They make little attic vents as well. It's got a regular size mesh on the outside, but it's got like a really fine 16th inch mesh on the backside. Embers cannot get through it. So... This ember safes your attic, which is basically, unfortunately, th these days, according to building codes, built pretty much like a Weber kettle. Mm. <laughs> I mean, Weber kettle, you could ask the guys at Barbecue Galore yeah. that Weber kettles are so amazing because the vents down below and the vent up top make a perfect combustion chamber in right. size. Well, if you have built your attic to code, you have a giant barbecue sitting on the top of your house. And Ready, so, just waiting to go. And so when fire gets there, we've got to stop the embers from getting inside. And when the flames arrive, what's cool about this, here's the word Should of the I day. Should I burn it? In, no, we can't oh, do that here. Okay. Only because it <laughs> stinks to high heaven. Okay. Uh, when the flames arrive, it say, word of the day, intumescent. Intumescent. You just ask someone later, are you feeling intumescent today? Okay. Intumescent means uh, that... When something warms up, it begins to expand. 
Wow. Mm, Let's not go there, Shannon. Don't go there. Let me see. What temperature is you? This honeycomb structure in here is coated with an intumescent chemical. And I don't know if you guys can see, but this part that hasn't been burnt is still completely uh, see-through. We torched this little section, and what happened is the coating... It became intumescent. It it became intumescent, and it sealed up. So this is a house vent that when fire is actually licking against it, it seals up. And, per- and and basically chokes off uh, the airspace it in the attic. It closes the vent it, in the Weber. It's self-closing. Are we going to set anything else on fire? That's uh, not intentionally. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then quickly, just we talked also when we did the fire, we've talked about fire safety before. Um, the, the one story that keeps coming up is clearing the brush around your home, making sure that that sort of stuff is taken care of, especially if you live the in an defensible area. Defensible zone. Defensible space, yeah. But yeah, if you live in a, a, up next to an open space area, your county, whichever it is, Orange they County. Come and check. Orange They're County, there, yeah. San Diego, uh, Inyo Kern, and uh, San Bernardino and L.A., they all have slightly different requirements, but the point is the fire marshal requires you to clear that zone. Yeah, they go house to house now and, and make it is, sure you have defensible space. It's critical. Space. Yeah. It's critical. Not only will you get fined for it, which is the minimal part of it, uh, if you don't do it, uh, you're putting yourself and your neighbors at risk. So you got to clear that zone. Thanks don't for coming down to Fullerton. Be an apple. No problem. All right. Uh, Good seeing you. everybody. Follow Dean at Home with Dean on Twitter. Wait, and wait, what's coming up on the program? Hmm? What's coming up on your show? Uh, fire safety. We're going to oh. talk oh. about this and uh, a whole other uh, little list of Fire safety prevention stuff that you probably have not, just like this, probably haven't heard before. Not the typical stuff this Sunday. Excellent. All right. Uh, We are live today at Slide Bar in Fullerton. Thanks for coming out. There's still plenty of room if you want to come out and have a beer and have some lunch, et cetera. It's on on that guy. Um, When when we come back, we're going to get into all of our uh, trending stories, all those big stories that are trending throughout social media and all over the Internet. That's coming up next. On Gary and Shannon. Happy lunchtime. Gary and Shannon, we are live at Slide Bar Rock and Roll Kitchen right here at East Commonwealth, downtown Fullerton. Our flashback Friday year is 1999. It is. It's a face that you're making. Well, because there's a purpose for it. Oh. Uh, yes, there is. Blake will tell you about it later. Yes, he we'll, will. We'll bring Blake on to do his uh, sort of... Uh, his, mu- his musical... History yeah. factoid of Animal the day. husbandry and music. He's That's very good at really those good things, at. yeah. Uh, at the bottom of this hour, we're going to get into Swamp Watch and talk about what's going on in Washington, D.C., but that's actually one of the things that's leading our uh, What's Happening segment. Time for What's Happening. President Trump's former campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, is... Well, he's been busted out of his house arrest, so that's good. The bad thing is, is he's been busted out of his house arrest... And has to go to real jail now. Straight into real jail. Two weeks after the prosecutors dropped some new accusations of witness tampering, the judge said that is untenable and basically said, I can't treat you like a seventh grader and take your phone away. Yeah, she said, this is not middle school. Apparently, Paul Manafort was using multiple text uh, messaging apps and called a potential witness on an Italian cell phone. You can't do that. 
Yeah. You know, not, it, not when what the you feds... should do is, is tell somebody else to do that surreptitiously <laughs> on your behalf. Uh, legally, that's probably the best advice you could give. But apparently um, the feds have been breathing down Paul Manafort's neck and have been keeping an eye on him quite literally for the last several months now. Um, he did enter a not guilty plea to a couple of additional charges levied against him last week for witness tampering and conspiracy. He has seven criminal charges facing him in a D.C. federal court, and he's going to stay in jail until he makes his way into One court. One of those charges, conspiracy against the United States. I would put all my money on the fact that you don't want that charge on your head. Uh, his trial in Virginia is set for July 25th, so again, he will await that behind bars. In Kansas City, Kansas, terrible story this morning. One sheriff's deputy dead, another critically wounded, after they were overcome by an inmate driving a transport vehicle. they were One of them was driving the transport vehicle, and an inmate was able to get free. And it looks like possibly he was able to, to shoot them with their own weapons. Yeah, the, the one officer was killed, uh, or one deputy was killed, one in uh, critical condition. The, the person who did the shooting was also shot. Uh, but Kansas City, Kansas was on, I guess you want to call it lockdown, for lack of a better term. Everybody was on high alert. They were treating it as a uh, as a mass incident in that everyone who was uh, in law enforcement in and around Kansas City was on high alert watching out for this. Uh, Chris Hardwick. Uh, Chris Hardwick is a guy, a TV personality that you may know of. Uh, he was on Nerdist. He was the founder of Nerdist. He is the host of NBC's game show, The Wall. He's been doing a lot of work with AMC as well, Talking Dead, uh, that takes place after The Walking Dead as they kind of review the show and talk about talk with some of the actors, etc. His ex-girlfriend is now accusing him in a very long essay uh, on um, uh, a very long essay on medium of long-term abuse, mental abuse, emotional abuse, and physical and sexual abuse. And she wrote this thing. The, the beginning of it says, listen, I've tried to write this literally 17 times. I've spoken to friends, therapists, lawyers, publicists. Their drafts have ranged from cathartic, angry letters to litigious, hardened accounts of inexcusable treatment. And then she got one piece of advice from a friend right from your heart. And it's a very long essay describing what she says is years of abuse that started within weeks of them dating in the first place. How long were they together? Uh, a couple of years. Now, she also des- she describes that within a couple of weeks, he laid down the rules to her, which included things like, you're never going out at night without me. When we're out, you're never to speak because people are going to recognize okay, me and you, they're going to listen in you, on the conversation. You run like hell from that. You, you would run think, like hell from that. She it, says it, this. Um, you know, why, why would she do this? The, you know, the big question is why would you allow someone to treat you so badly? Yeah. Her response is, I believed that, to borrow an analogy from a friend, if I kept digging, I would find water. And sometimes I did, just enough to sustain Here's the thing. Me. We as women think that we can change men. Like, oh, okay, he's like this now, but I'm going to be the difference maker, and I'm going to change him. And I bet that that played into her decision. Yes. Like, he's a, he's a lunatic, 
But once he realizes how much in, in love with me he is, he'll stop being a lunatic. There was a point where she got pregnant. Uh, she said that her anorexia stopped her periods for more than a year, but she still got There's pregnant. There's a lot going on there. It was an ectopic pregnancy. She had to have surgery that added pressure and, and all kinds of, of outside influence into this already broken relationship. Chloe Dykstra is her name. No relation, right? No relation, no relation to, to Lenny Dykstra. But I do have a baseball story to, 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 to make things better. Because oh, that was depressing as hell. One of the fun stories, I think this is the one, the video of the, um, this the is great. umpire and yeah. Terry Collins, the manager for the Mets. So everyone remembers during the 2015 playoffs when Chase Utley slid into Ruben Tejada. Dirty and, slide. Uh, not a dirty slide. Dirty slide. No, 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 no. Chase Utley is not a dirty player. And anyway, Tejada's leg gets broken. And so then the two meet was it the following year. And yep. the pitcher, who was it? Throws, Noah Syndergaard. Throws behind Chase Utley. He didn't and, just throw. He threw a 99-mile-an-hour fastball behind Chase right. Utley. And the crowd goes wild, right? And uh, and Terry Collins comes out. Because the umpire immediately threw the pitcher out of the right. game. And everyone thinks baseball is this polite gentleman's sport. Mm. And then this video came out. And it went viral earlier this week. And it was just every expletive. Yeah. Just, just, Blake, do you have part of that? Because I think you, you Can had we the, play that? Well, not all of it. But the parts that we can play. Blake, go ahead. <laughs> Terry, 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 Terry. And that's, you that's just like, you know, 15, 20 yeah. seconds of it. It goes on for several minutes. And to his credit, the umpire who was there, Joe, I think it was Joe Hallian, is trying to get Terry Collins to calm down. And, and he throws in his own expletives just to kind of to fight fire with fire to get him to calm down, saying, we can't allow this. Major League Baseball, the offices won't, won't let us allow this. I know why you're angry. But... MLB is trying to scrub the Internet of this video because it shows how ungentlemanly things can get when you're worked up. But I love this, though. This is, uh, if, if Major League Baseball thought about this, this is exactly what they need to do. They need to mic these umpires so that we can hear what it is yeah, that they're saying. Yeah, I mean, didn't football get so much better to watch when they started putting mics on the line? Yeah. I, I mean, hearing everyone, the, the, the action as it's happening, I'd love to hear what happens in those conversations at first base. And it doesn't I, even... I would pay money. I think somebody wrote a book about that, a first baseman. It sounds like something vaguely that I read about recently, but... That would be great if you could just hear a little, just little tits and, and little it does, tidbits. It doesn't even have to be real time. It doesn't. No. You don't have to give me, the, you know, what's going on in the umpire. But hey, remember last inning when they had the replay, or right. remember that weird play? Right. Here's what the crew chief you, said to the first base umpire, and that's why they came up with their they, decision. They're trying to figure out a way to sex up baseball, and it's not changing baseball. It's just uh, letting us in on the on the conversation. Um, the you bear. have you have bears. Uh, I had a recent bear a, a near attack story. That happened. Were you on the Pacific Coast um, Trail? No, near it. I was in Tahoe uh, with family, and we were on a, about a six and a half mile hike. And half of the group was, was I was in the first half of the group. We got back to the parking lot. We got there. Not to brag, but she was in the front, right? Okay. Well, yeah, and we had little children with us, my nephews. And, and you left them in the my dust. My mother, you know, who's 70 years old. She's got her, her hiking poles. Yeah, we left them all in the dust. So we get back to the parking lot, and there's a bear uh, uh, an adult bear right there. So we run into the car, get with the kids that were with us, get into the car, get into the car. And the kids think it's Disneyland, right? Like nothing bad's going to happen. How cool. There's a bear. It's like, no, that's not cool. That's, get in the damn car. That's the bear that plays the jug. 
And so we get in the car, so we're safe, but the other half of the group is still on the trail. That's too where, late. They where are they? They should speed up. So we call them and we say, there's a bear in the parking lot. Where are you? And my brother says, well, one of my sons got lost. He went one way, so we're trying to find him. So now there's people lost on the trail. <laughs> and the bear's in the parking lot, but he's coming towards us. He's coming towards the vehicle. And you know what bears can do to a vehicle if there's food in the car, right? And there's food in the car. And yeah, we're in called, the car. It's called people. So my husband honks on the horn, and so the bear takes off. But where does the bear go? Towards the trail. Yeah. Towards the little children and my mother. <sighs> It was stressful. Well, did he eat them? No, oh, no, it's fine. They made good. it back. That's a horrible end of the story. <laughs> Jeez. But it was very stressful. Well, there was a local story as well. A 25-year-old woman was uh, hiking up in the Vasquez Rocks area up near Agua Dulce, and she said she sees bear scat mm-hmm. and says, I'm done for the day, and turns around to walk away knowing that she's getting closer to wherever the bears are. Small black bear says, food. And goes right after her. She said she took out a small knife and was able to stab the bear in the shoulder. She got a scratch. I mean, luckily, she got away with a scratch. The, um, they evacuated the entire area. They closed the park yesterday while, this, while they were searching for the bear. Could never find the bear, but they said they did find the bear poops. Um, so they know there was a bear there trying I, to eat people. I don't think you're supposed to stab the bear. What are you supposed to do? Uh, I think you're supposed to make, make yourself them? big like this. Uh, okay, that's scary. That's great. Like you're bigger than the bear. Okay, that's a great <laughs> idea. Uh, all right, when we come back, uh, all of those hipster douchebags who name their kids bad names are now starting to realize, hey, maybe not such a great idea. Maybe I shouldn't have put that extra Y in there. We are live at Slide Bar in Fullerton. It is lunchtime, people. Come on down and say hi. We'll be glad to... Uh, to shake a hand or two, perhaps. When are you going to get into a beer? Uh, 1 o'clock. All right. 1 o'clock. I've decided. 1 o'clock. Gary and Shannon will continue. One, two, three, four, five. Everybody in the car. So come on, let's ride to the liquor store. Oh, boy. Blake, there had to be a better song. Yeah, there had to be. 1999, for the love of God. Where's a... Uh, isn't there that Madonna song, Ray of Light? Something. And that's a better song than uh, this one? Oh, no, it's a share song. Oh. I don't know. Gary and Shannon, we're live today, Slide Bar in Fullerton. Uh, Josh, general manager, thank you for this, by the way. Shots uh, of whiskey. Shot of whis- whistle pig right here. Nice. It's Ireland somewhere. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Got a little whiskey into the hops veins. Feels funny in the nose right there. Yeah. It's it's good gonna, nose feel on that feel one. Feel funny in your tummy, the warmth. Do you feel the warmth yet? No. What was the word Dean taught us? Something uh, essent? Immunescent. Do you in, feel that? Inumescent? Inumescent? Uh, oh. Inumescent. The slurs are starting. <laughs> Just, that wasn't even a. All right. Okay. Hips. Naming your kids is perhaps the uh, scariest part of being a parent. Naomi. Naomi was still laid out on the operating table after an emergency C-section when she started regretting what she named the baby. She says the baby was being lifted over my head, and the anesthesiologist was like, what's her name? She says she started explaining what the name was, mm-hmm. and then I thought, oh, my God, what have I done? If, if, it's a, if it's a word, if it's a moniker that you have to explain... You probably shouldn't name your child that thing. The name- now, it's one thing to say, uh, like the name Shannon, you were named after 
an old Irish uncle or something like that. That's the, enough of an explanation. The river, Shannon. Okay, your that's good too. Smells like a distillery. Well, you, I mean, in a good way. Your face. Is that what, <laughs> no, we're not going to do we that. We can go back and forth. <laughs> you got a little red too. Because you just said I smell like a distillery. In a good way. Oh. Uh, you're right. If there's an explanation that needs to be made, it's it's kind of a difficult name choice. Uh, Naomi's choice for her daughter uh, was Tova. Tova. Pronou- or, or spelled T-O-V-E. And her last name, by the way, is Tomkey. So it's Tova Tomkey. Tova Tomkey. That's pretty. I like the idea in theory, but then you have to sit down and think about the things that could happen like you did with your wife. So... The way that we did this was we both came up with a list of, say, five or six names for each of our kids. And then we sat down and made a deal out of it. Like it was a fun night out at dinner kind of thing where we would go through the name, the list of names. And one of the rules was for the boys, we couldn't name our son any name of her ex-boyfriends ever. Like those were immediately crossed off the list, right? That was an easy thing to do. For you, that list was long. I mean, you, you, you mean? well, you've got all those uh, odd names of girls oh, you dated. Right. I thought you meant that my wife was getting around. No, so. no, you were the one. Oh, yeah, but they were all weird names, right. and those were never on the list anyway. Yeah. So anyway, but we would sit down, and then we, we, would, we would narrow it down to, say, two or three names that we would go into the birthing suite with and then name the kid when we see them, right? Obviously, there were some favorites going into it, but that was the way that we did it. The one thing that we did while we were at dinner to, to sh- uh, shrink down that list of names was think like a seventh grader and figure out what sort of bad nicknames would come out of the name combination that we came up with. One of my favorite names for my son was going to, well, at one time was Jackson. Love that name, Jackson. That's a great name, right? Because you could shorten it to Jack. But if your last name is Hoffman, you can't do Jack Hoffman. Not when you're in seventh grade. So that was, that, as much as we love that name. Yeah, it's a great name. We didn't want to saddle him with that going through school. You don't even need to think outside the box for that one to pop no, out either. No. And that was an easy one. Uh, Ru- uh, I'm sorry, Beth is a freelance journalist from Virginia. Her and her husband picked the name Magnum for her now four-year-old son in honor of their favorite musician, Jeff Magnum. Out of the indie rock band, and raise your name if you know this one, Neutral Milk Hotel. Oh, all right. <laughs> Now, she says she didn't really mind when her father started calling the boy Van because the kid's middle name is Van Ness. Another interesting choice. Uh, Though the couple rankled at the unanticipated nickname Manny. 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 How do you get Manny out of Magnum Van Ness? But it was her son's own trouble with the name, she says, that made her really second-guess the unconventional pick because he was a late talker, Magnum was. He didn't say his name until he was four. Well, there's no hard consonant. I mean, outside the G, but that's sort of a glottal stop, and it's not a real hard consonant. She says if if he was named Bob or something, he probably would have said it sooner. Uh, There are other people who use uh, comic book inspiration. Kal-El. Everybody remember who Kal-El is? It's Superman, but that was his name on Kryptonite. You shouldn't so you, get esoteric with the, with the kids' names. No, don't know? do that to the yeah. kid. And you can name him Chris after Christopher Reeves. You know, that's, <laughs> that'll work, right? I suppose. Um, they talk about, they have this list of names that are on the rise. Uh, Ensley is a name that's on the rise. And I've seen that. I actually have a friend whose daughter's name is Ensley. Um, one of the fastest growing names for girls means 
one's own meadow. And I guess, unfortunately, the reason that it's trending so high is because it's the name of one of the kids on the Teen Mom series on uh, MTV. That makes me sad. Uh, Jules, J-U-E-L-Z, is one of the unconventional names on the rise. Um, And they don't give the reason why necessarily, but isn't that the name of one of those vape pens? Is a jewel? Unclear. It's not spelled exactly the same way. but uh, Melania is up there. Why? What do you mean, why? Oh, it's because everybody knows the, the who Melania lady. is now. Um, also, other pop culture-inspired names, Alicia, Miley, and Khaleesi. Khaleesi. Khaleesi's the dragon Oh, woman. from Game of Thrones? Yes. Uh, and then finally... This means dragon. Thank you. <laughs> and Ledger, <laughs> the increasingly popular boy's name, had suggested nicknames of Edge... And Ledgehammer. Ledger. What if he becomes a CPA? That's weird, right? That'd be great. Would it be great? Yeah. Uh, when we come Your back, daughter has uh, has friends with with uh, with names that are uh, unique. Well, that just it's just that you add Y's to everything now. Boys who add Y's to their name. They, they like, didn't add the boy. You, didn't add the Y. I know, but name. if you spelled Nick with a Y, I think Nick was kind of douchey. <gasps> but this thankfully, is why you don't. It's we don't not, drink yeah. whiskey. With, <laughs> we'll come back. We do a Swamp Watch at 1230 every day where we talk about what's going on in Washington, D.C. We have some of that coming up. Also, in the 1 o'clock hour, uh, there was a guy who uh, had his heart set on going to school here in L.A., here in Southern California, for music. Well, his girlfriend didn't want him to go, so she wrote a rejection letter from the school that he was applying it to. It screwed up his entire life trajectory, really. Yes, the whole thing. Gary and Shannon will continue live today at the Slide Bar in Fullerton. Come on out. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Swamp Watch. Gary and Shannon, we are live here at Slide Bar in Fullerton, and the festivities will continue. It's a gorgeous day to come out and hang out with us this Friday. Uh, President Trump has seemed to maybe bring the world's two biggest economies to the brink of a trade war today, announcing a 25% tariff on a bunch of Chinese imports. Beijing has responded. We'll get to all that coming up. But Paul Manafort continues to dominate the news out of Washington. Aaron Katursky is joining us from New York to talk about this. We understand, Aaron, that Paul Manafort ordered into custody today, and uh, he's going to be there until trial, right? Until trial in September. So he has, what, three months of confinement where he had been out on house arrest, albeit with an ankle bracelet. But now, after federal prosecutors with the special counsel's office accused him of witness tampering, the judge said she had no appetite for a defendant who flouts the rules of bail. And so she revoked it and sent him off to jail. Uh, obviously, witness tampering uh, would be a bad thing. Were there other problems that he had? Were there other things, uh, rules that he was breaking besides contacting other witnesses? Besides contacting <laughs> well, other witnesses? Well, I mean, witnesses? I know that that's a bad thing, but... <laughs> that, was the, uh, that was the big one. Uh, although before, Manafort had already had a strike against him because he had written surreptitiously an op-ed for a newspaper, and, and that wasn't something that he should have been doing it. And and the judge said he has a tendency not to treat legal proceedings like legal proceedings, but like, you know, publicity exercises, 
or marketing exercises. And so she, I think, wanted to make sure he understood the gravity of what he has been accused of and how serious it is to come in for a violation like witness tampering. Because he didn't uh, consider or, or take into account the, the real gravity of the situation, was he surprised by this? Was this something that his lawyers anticipated happening? They undoubtedly had to know that this was a possibility, and they undoubtedly braced him for that possibility. But Manafort pleaded not guilty to the charge of obstruction, which related to the witness tampering. And the defense suggested there might have been some other remedies to make sure that he doesn't do it again, that um, you know, maybe you could take away his phone or take away his Internet privileges. And the judge said, this isn't middle school. I can't just take his phone away. Uh, and, and so she agreed with prosecutors who said, there's no real evidence that, that Manafort's going to abide by any other conditions because he already uh, disobeyed the ones already imposed on him. Now, we know that uh, there are certainly delays when, when cases move to trial. His trial is set to start July 25th. Is that going to go on July 25th, or is he going to be in jail for a considerable amount of time? Uh, he's going to be in jail until his trial starts. Now, whether that's uh, July, whether that's September, uh, you know, th- there's a couple of different dates floating out there for him, and he needs some, um, you know, he, he needs some time to prepare his defense. It'll just be a little more inconvenient now that he's behind bars. A small technicality. I've been seeing that he was using an Italian cell phone to contact some of these potential witnesses. Do you know what that means? Uh well, uh, uh, there's a joke in there somewhere. but Right. I, I mean, just the no, idea. I mean, the, my the, iPhone the, looks the, like the same the, iPhone I could buy on the street in Rome. Well, his, uh, the, the, the substance of the, some of the allegations is that he was using European journalists or parliamentarians uh, improperly as lobbyists and, and trying to get them on, on this campaign of his to bolster the image of Viktor Yanukovych. So, uh, you know, it's no surprise, since he works so much overseas and in Europe, that he would have had a European cell phone. Uh, and maybe that's the number that, that, that uh. was recognized by the two men he reached out to who are based in Europe. And the, um, uh, the, 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 those witnesses ended up saying to the federal prosecutors, it was as if he was trying to get us to, you know, commit perjury here. And so it was a serious allegation. Uh, and even though Manafort denied it, the judge said uh, that... You know, it was a difficult decision, but one that she could not, uh, she couldn't ignore. Aaron Katursky, thanks so much. Great stuff as always. All right, guys. Aaron Katursky, they're live in New York. Now, when we come back, there's some breaking news about the family separation issue. Uh, if you remember, Republicans in Congress have been trying to come up with some sort of an immigration bill that they would vote on. The president made comments just a few minutes ago that could change the course of that immigration debate. Big news that he is making today because, of course, he announced a 25 percent tariff on $50 billion worth of Chinese imports. China has responded. We'll talk about that. Also, Obama's not done messing up traffic and Dennis Rodman and what he (laughs) celebrated the Singapore summit with. We'll tell you all that coming up next on Gary and Shannon. We're live today at the Slide Bar in Fullerton. Come on out. We'll be here until 2 o'clock. Grab some lunch and a beer whatever. Do you believe? Is this the Cher song you were talking about? Yes. That's horrible. This was the number one song of the year, I believe. Gary and Shannon, we're live today. Slide bar in Fullerton. Starting to fill up a little bit. We love it. Uh, Come on out. Grab a beer. uh, Some lunch. 
at Slide Bar, the Rock and Roll Kitchen. We're in the middle of Swamp Watch, where we talk about what's going on in Washington, D.C. You want to start with families or trade? Well, uh, let's start with a family thing, because this just happened. The president was making comments outside the White House today uh, about the agreement that had apparently come from congressional Republicans. They are trying to figure out some sort of an immigration policy that does everything the president wants. Number one, they want to fund the wall, or at least part of it. Uh, They want to at least deal with the issue of family separations because it's been such a PR nightmare for the last several days. Family separations of people who come across the border, kids are taken away from parents, parents taken to federal detention centers, and then kids put in some other sort of... uh, juvenile detention center or a basically an emptied out walmart um and, and to try to deal with all of that also to come up with a plan for dreamers etc so what they did was not too long ago congressional republicans said they had agreed on a few things uh number one 25 billion dollars in border wall funding they were going to eliminate some of the visa lottery programs and rearrange some of the others They were going to restructure a pathway for what they called indefinitely renewable legal status for dreamers or people who are brought there as kids. All of these things that the president had said that he wanted. Outside of the White House, the president said, I certainly would not sign the more moderate of the two bills that had been proposed. Well, this is really the only one that's getting any sort of uh, traction here. So. No one in Congress knows exactly what the president is talking about and are saying only we're waiting for more clarification from the White House. But if he's talking about this bill that they've come up with, then it's dead on arrival. They'll never get it out of the House. President was on the north lawn of the White House today as his administration announced a 25 percent tariff on up to 50 billion dollars worth of Chinese imports. The president saying there's great brain power in this country. He adds there is no trade war. They've taken so much. The markets went nuts. Markets down right now about a third percent. Beijing responded that it would retaliate with penalties of the same scale on American goods. It spelled out details to impose tariffs on about 545 U.S. exports, including farm products, autos, and seafood. Uh, The president saying he's fulfilling a campaign pledge to crack down on what he says is China's unfair trade practices. So we'll see how that pans out. Uh, Former President Barack Obama in the news. He's going to be back in Los Angeles June 28th, screwing up the roads. Uh, he's here w- for a fundraiser, of course, for the DNC. The tickets started $2,700 a pop. Oh, and one more thing. Oh, De- I love this story. Dennis Rodman, right? He's taking credit for the Singapore summit. And he should get a little credit, I think. Um, he- he's friends with both the guys. He-, he-, he went over there. He brought the art of the deal to Kim Jong-un. Well, he was at a restaurant, an Italian restaurant, celebrating on Tuesday, telling everyone in the restaurant, history was made today. And he celebrated over a one-pound meatball. That sounds delicious. And uh, a seafood tower. Uh, I... Everyone loves a seafood tower. I know, but a one-pound meatball doesn't sound that impressive. Oh, the you know? seasonings, the sauces, the things that you could do to that meatball? Uh, you I, know? I suppose. I think so. Uh, he did say it took a long time for this to happen. It took a long time for this to happen. I think people want to see it, and they're going to make it happen. We just got to keep it positive. And then he cried. Over and over and over again on CNN. Can I give a shout-out to the baby in the house? Oh, there's a baby. We've got a baby in the bar. Yeah, hold that baby up. Hold that baby up. Yeah, I love Eat, well, it when well, news and not, brews results in a baby in a bar. Not too high. There is a ceiling fan. <laughs> uh, 
Ah, that is a beautiful baby. Welcome, baby. Have a beer. Uh, we are live today at Slide Bar uh, Rock and Roll Kitchen here in Fullerton, and they've got an amazing menu for lunchtime. Come on out and enjoy it. They've also got $5 pints in some uh, some specific instances. So come on out and have a beer as well and enjoy, enjoy what has yourself. turned out to be a beautiful Friday That's afternoon. That's what Conway would say. Enjoy, enjoy yourself. yourself. Speaking of Conway, tonight, 6 o'clock, Conway has as a very special guest on the show tonight, Rebecca Black, the woman who sang uh, the Friday song that everybody made fun of for so long. Conway and never made fun of that woman nor her song. In fact, he starts his show off every Friday with that song. Uh, she's going to be talking about her career, uh, past, present, and future. She's got a new single out called Satellite. She auditioned for the show The Four, uh, which I think our company actually has something to do with. Is that why they keep telling us to talk about it? <laughs> Might be why. <laughs> uh, but it's on Fox as well as her experiences in a much more important subject, a much more uh, serious subject of cyberbullying. Because remember, she was, what, 16 years old when that Friday video came out? Uh, and she was inundated. Well, with... it wasn't the best song we've ever heard. No, it was also was not the greatest video. You know, and she, she got a lot of flack for having Dad pay the money to produce it and all that. But power to you if you can get that kind of success out of a, a song that you put together in your garage. Uh, when we come back, we're going to update you on what's going on with the uh, FBI Inspector General's report from yesterday. Uh, a little bit more information about how corrupt some of the people in the FBI were, how bad they had it out for the president, and uh, a guy who sued his own girlfriend because all he wanted to do in the world was play clarinet. Mm. Right, Nick? Yeah. Gary and Shannon, live from the slide bar. Bar? Bar? bar. More coming up next. Gary Shannon, live today at Slide Bar Rock and Roll Kitchen. We are in Fullerton. Oh, man, you got to get those french fries in your mouth. Those are delicious. I think this is the fourth time we've been here, Slide Bar. I'm counting right. Fourth Maybe. Time. Great Maybe. host every time. So we, we're glad that uh, that we are here once more. We'd love it if you would come on down. We're going to be here until 2 o'clock today. It's a great place to make bad decisions. <laughs> there have been no bad decisions made here. Well, we've been here four times. Actually, I think what's funny is uh, they have such great rock and roll memorabilia on the walls here that prove that bad decisions have been made. Yes. Like that, that guitar right there that's got the red solo cup deeply embedded in the broken body of the guitar. That's great. That takes that some was a, work. I mean, that was a good night. It had to be. That was a good the, night. The keys that came off that Green Day keyboard as well. Mm -hmm. Come on, that's all good stuff. Uh, I wanted to give you a quick update. One of the stories that we were telling you about during Swamp Watch was the president saying that he would not sign one of the bills that is being worked on by congressional Republicans in terms of immigration. The White House came out. An anonymous White House uh, official told TheHill.com that, in fact, President Trump does support the Goodlatte bill, referring to Congressman Goodlatte out of uh, West Virginia, I believe, and the leadership bill. And that he misunderstood the question that was being asked of him today when he when he said he wouldn't vote on the more or he would not approve the more moderate bill. So he was commenting on the discharge petition of the Dreamers bill, not this new package. And the White House now does say that he would 100 percent sign this version that we were talking about earlier. Well, the Justice Department came out with a 568 page report about how James Comey crapped the bed. That's really the takeaway from it. Uh, it looks like James Comey is falling on the sword of how uh, disorganized the FBI is. Of course, they did find that the way they handled 
they, meaning James Comey, handled uh, Hillary Clinton's investigation into the, the classified information, the email server, the whole thing. They found that he did not do a good job. He did not follow protocol. And I just, you know, when you hear that, there's probably not protocol in place for that kind of a situation. Are no, you hearing meowing? That's uh, that's Bert's phone. Oh, I thought somebody brought a cat. No, okay. <laughs> just just babies. But you know no what? Cats. There's no protocol for that. There's no training book that says, okay, if you're investigating someone passing on classified documents and that somebody is running for president, right? Do A, B, and C. Right. Or you're investigating both leading candidates from the two major parties. And make sure that you don't screw this thing up. Right. They found that when he held that press conference without letting the Justice Department know that he was out of bounds there. But again, as we talked about earlier, the Justice Department was embroiled in this thing, too. Right. Because a few weeks before that July 2016 news conference where he said uh, she was very careless, speaking of Hillary Clinton in the email server, that she was careless, but it didn't rise to the level of criminality. Just a few weeks before that, his boss... Loretta Lynch, the attorney general, had met with former President Clinton on an airplane in Phoenix. So even if even if you assume that she didn't say anything, she didn't tip her hand, she didn't say that there was an investigation. He wanted to keep it clean. He had to be careful. Right. right. He wanted to promote the image of neutrality and giving the Justice Department a heads up. And having Justice Department officials with him behind the mic would have uh, sullied the waters. He said this when we talked to James Comey, when we did our interview with him, he admitted he was an imperfect man. And I wanted to add to that and say he's an imperfect man who was put in an imperfect situation and then all kinds of pressure was put down upon him. So there are people who are going to criticize his actions left and right. And there are people who are going to say that not only should he be tried and put in jail or whatever it is, um, that that he is a bad person for what he did. And I just think it was it, it, it's not that simple. I think that it, he made the wrong decisions, at least according to the Inspector General's report. He made the wrong decisions, but I don't think anybody would have made the right decision in those instances. The president has responded to this report saying that this report is proof that the FBI was biased at the top level and was plotting against my election. Uh, there were some text messages that came out in the in the report from the Justice Department that said that there were some FBI employees that were not fans of the president, let's just say that. There was not uh, proof of a widespread conspiracy in the FBI to elect Hillary Clinton. And in fact, through Comey's actions, uh, they, they were kind of on, on the Trump side there with, with reinvigorating this email talk all the time. Right. I, I just, I think it's, it's too – I don't know how history is going to judge James Comey. I know how everybody Not judges good. him right now. Not good. I mean, the, the, the guy that wrote the book on the FBI, the history of the FBI or whatever it was, says this isn't something that he can get away from. This is a stain on him that is not removable. Well, his time as, a, as a, an assistant U.S. attorney, I think it was, in New York, he was, he was one who helped drive the case he against – He was a mob uh, prosecutor. Right, and he, but he also drove the case against Martha, Martha Stewart. Stewart. That's yeah. what it was. Uh, so, we, so that's the first chapter. If FBI director is the second chapter of his career, is there a third chapter? I mean, what, is, what does a guy like James Comey do well, now? Well, I don't know what he could do in the political world because everybody hates him. Uh, Democrats hate him. They, they blame him for Trump being elected president. Uh, the, the Republicans hate him for, for the way he treated Trump. So I don't know where he can go when his popularity is in the toilet like this. Does he turn to James Patterson and write a book like Bill Clinton did? 
Uh, maybe that. Did, by the way, have you read excerpts of the Bill Clinton book? I've heard that it's Holy horrific. Holy hell! But it's a number one. Like it's, it's a like bestseller. A, it's right a now. bargain basement writing book. I saw it. Uh, I want to say at Costco. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, ne- I didn't know that it was being written, I and then finally was, saw headlines about it. I thought it. it was nuts that Comey's book is doing so well. Oh, it, it was a bestseller right away. I wouldn't sit down and read that thing. But remember, when we talked to him the day the book came out, he admitted that it's an, a you know fourteen chapter book. Three of those chapters deal with his time with President Trump. Oh, okay. So maybe it's interesting when he was going working as a mob prosecutor and the Martha Stewart thing, and why he got into law enforcement That's in the first place. That's so. fascinating. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, just a quick FBI story as well. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the story of the FBI agent in Denver who was? Uh, they said he was breakdancing. That's not breakdancing. He was He's a kid of the 80s. I know that that's not breakdancing that guy was doing. He was at the Mile High Spirits Distillery, like an establishment like this, a fine watering hole, right? And uh, he's an FBI agent. He's off duty. He decides to dance, maybe has a couple whiskeys, and doesn't take his weapon off his person. Yes. The weapon falls while he is dancing. It fires, and it somebody fu- gets shot. Don't just say he was shaking it so hard that it fell out. He was literally upside down. He mm-hmm. did a back handspring. Yeah. And the, the weapon fell out. And then when he went down to pick it up is when he got a little grippy with the trigger and uh, fired a shot into some guy's leg. His name is Chase Bishop, and now he wants to meet the man that he shot. He says he wants to meet him. He's praying for his recovery. He hopes that he and the injured man can sit down privately when appropriate. And hash it all out. I don't know how that conversation goes, though. I would feel, but you would feel bad, wouldn't you? I mean, if your gun went off write, and you shot somebody. I'd write a letter. Your you lawyer know. would tell you not to meet with them. I'm sorry, I'm a horse's ass. Uh, I had too many pops and I didn't leave my gun in the car. I'll pay for your medical bills. Maybe send a floral arrangement. A maybe, floral maybe, arrangement? Maybe some muffins, you know, maybe. And if your leg has to be amputated, maybe we have foot tacos together. Like the guy did the, the other we're day. We're not bringing that story back. Uh, when we do come back, we're going to be talking about some things that you do to hang on to those men. And I want you to tell the story. Hey, Clayton's back. Clayton? Clayton's back. He must have come back for Petros and money. Or he came back because he lost the picture that you signed for him. <laughs> Gary and Shannon, live at the Slide Bar in Fullerton, KFI AM 640. the slide bar here in Fullerton. Big party here today. Beautiful day. Petrus and Money are going to be coming along, starting off their summer tour. I believe this is the 10th year. Always a good time with those guys. Petros takes his clothes off. His dad takes his clothes off sometimes. America. Yeah, we don't do that. No, we don't, we don't do, we that. Often do that. No, we don't do that. But we don't want to take their thing. Right, that's right. You, know, um, you, you keep that shirt on, Hoff. Bottom of this hour, Mo Kelly is going to join us. We're going to talk about some of the movies coming out this weekend, including uh, Tag, I think, comes out this weekend, uh, Incredibles 2. Blake, by the way, Blake saw Incredibles 2 last night. Blake, go ahead and uh, pop open that mic and give me your review. Uh, like out of 10? <laughs> oh, no. How about out of 34? Uh, Blake, zero? No, no. 29. Between 17 and 34, what's your, what's your review? Between 17 and 34? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, that 19 being it. the best. 19 being the best. I'm going to give it a, a 16.8 then. Wow. Yeah. Between 17. Yep. And he went below. He went oh, completely like out it? of the realm. Well, no, it was fantastic. 
Okay. Well, you no, know that what? was worthless. Like, close your mic. What, what are you doing you asking for? Like, in what, you know, I know, but you're coming up no, with arbitrary scales. It, it was very good. It was everything I thought it would be. It was, uh, it was fun. I could kind of see what the uh, twist was coming a little bit. but, yeah. but There's uh, a twist? Don't it's t- a movie. They all yeah. have twists. I know, but like M. Night Shyamalan twist? Well, or no, is it like it's yes. animated in Pixar. Yes, M. Night Shyamalan it's, twist yeah. and The Incredibles. I don't know. Oh my goodness. No, it's uh, a very good movie. It's a good family movie. It'll be fun. There well, was a boy you. and his clarinet. Right. A uh, boy. What is, before you get into the boy and the clarinet story, what's the craziest thing you've ever done to keep a boyfriend? <laughs> no, no, I mean, to, I want to narrow it down. To God. keep a boyfriend. I don't like, know. He was the one who was getting away... And you said, you know what? I'm going to slash his tires because he's going to love me. No, but I do have a story. Cook a rabbit on his stovetop. I do have the story about my girlfriend who, when she was at San Diego State, and I went to go visit her, found out the guy that she was dating uh, was out with another girl that night. So she broke into his apartment and peed on his bed. Right. Because that's a way to keep him, I guess. I don't know what the thought process was there. Well, that brings up this story of a boy (laughs) and his clarinet. Does it? Uh, no. Uh, Eric Abramovitz. Eric Abramovitz was seven years old when he learned to play the clarinet. Nick, how old were you? Seven? Eight? You were five. So yeah. Nick's got a couple of years on, on, on Eric Abramovitz and his clarinet. But he was good at it. In he, fact, he had been studying. Uh, he had been studying at McGill University. Is that a good clarinet school? It's fantastic. But it's not as good as... The Colburn Conservatory of Music here in Southern California. He was from Canada, and he had a shot to come to Los Angeles to learn from the best clarinicians. You like that? Clarinicians. We're learning new words today. All right. It's New Word Friday. Um, And what he did was he practiced day and night to get accepted into Colburn Conservatory of Music and actually had to come out to L.A. to do a live audition for the professors here uh, at Colburn Conservatory was, of Music. He was a shoo-in. I mean, they loved him. They let on that they loved him. He thought that this was absolutely the next step. And then he gets a rejection email. Well, everybody who's anybody in the woodwind world knows Yehud Gilad, mm-hmm. uh, oh, who is sure. a world-famous sure. clarinetician. Mm-hmm. What you call it? Clarinet? Yeah. Clarinetician. And who is, in fact, in charge of the clarinet program at the Colburn Conservatory of Music. And he did get that rejection letter from Yehud Gilad. And the depression that set in was real. He said these were sad, dark, really dark days. Uh, the only person who was there to comfort him in those sad, dark days was his girlfriend, who was also a, a, a world concert-level flautist, but, flautician. But not wow. headed for the same glory. Hold on. I want to point out, someone applauded the word flautist. Yeah. And there she goes again. Yeah. All right. I guess it flutes. She wasn't on the same trajectory as her boyfriend, no. though. He was going to be a superstar clarinet guy, and she was just, like, right underneath here with her flautions. I, I smell a rat. The girlfriend ended up sending the rejection letter. What? The rejection letter was not a rejection letter. Yeah. This evil bee broke into his email address... And wrote a letter to Yehud Gilad, worldwide, uh, world-renowned clarinetian, and said, hey, even if you accept me to Colburn Conservatory Music, I can't go. I'm going to be elsewhere. That's all it said, elsewhere. And then 
she faked an email from this world-renowned clarician, clarinician, to Eric Abramovitz and said, you didn't get accepted to Colburn Conservatory of Music. So he sued her. Well, he found out that she lied completely, that he had been accepted, yeah. and everybody wondered where he was. Well, when we were talking about the story earlier, whether or not to talk about it on the air, Gary said that he's done the same thing. Well, the... Yes. Not the well, same Well, not exactly the same, but you have written a phony letter. I did. I wrote a phony letter to myself from a secret admirer and then accidentally allowed, by accidentally, I mean totally on purpose, allowed my girlfriend at the time to see this totally anonymous secret admirer letter talking about how someone was infatuated with me. Uh, what was the status of the relationship at the time? Rocky. I would describe it as Rocky. Okay. Not, I mean, not like Eric Abramovitz and his flautist so girlfriend, Rocky. you but... wanted her to know that you were a wanted man. Oh, geez, yes. What did the letter say? Oh, just that I was pretty good looking. So this must have been in, like, fifth grade? No. No, it was, it was later in my life than that. Really? It was late. Yeah, because I knew, at fifth grade, I don't think I knew what a secret admirer was. Uh-huh. Yeah. It wasn't, like, you know, in high school. No, it was pretty much right smack in the middle of high school, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was desperate times. That is sad. You've seen pictures of me in high school, okay? You look just the same. No, no. No, 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 no. So I had to, I had to prove to her that I was a catch. I had to prove to her that... That's a good move, actually. Why is that a good move? It's kind move? of a good move. That's well, because studies show that uh, women will be more interested in a guy if another girl is interested in him. Right. Yeah. That's why you get picked up on when you're married. Yeah. Because everybody knows, oh, you're good enough to marry. You might as well be good enough. You, you're at least attractive to somebody. Right. That never happens to me When my husband goes out, I say, take off that wedding ring. Don't go wearing that wedding ring out there. <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. Anyway, so she, he sued his ex-girlfriend. Uh, the Superior Court in Ontario awarded him $350,000, Canadian, of course, but $350,000 in damages because of the fake email that the girlfriend wrote saying he was never accepted to that conservatory. Well, it changed the entire trajectory of his life yes. when he didn't get into that top school. The woodwind world never knew Eric Abramovitz. Nope. Or at least not in the same way All that they the would. All the best clarinetians never got to school him. Don't think that's a word. Nick can play My Heart Will Go On on the clarinet. Because he learned how to play the clarinet when right. he was five. Right. All right. Uh, we are live today at Slide Bar Rock and Roll Kitchen here at East Commonwealth Avenue. Uh, a few things coming up. Uh, number one, we're going to be talking with uh, Mo Kelly in just a few minutes about some movies that are coming out this weekend. Things that you might want to check out, including... The I have the book right here. You gave me the Stephen King Doctor Sleep book, yeah. which is the sequel to The Shining. In a way, it's yes. the boy. It takes some turns. It's Danny. All right. So anyway, we'll talk with Mo coming up in just a few minutes. Also at the top of the hour, John and Ken are coming up on the radio. But here at the Slide Bar in Fullerton, uh, Petro Simone are going to be doing their show. So if you're here, stick around and have some fun with those guys. Gary and Shannon, KFIM six forty. Welcome to Mo on the Movies. Don't be ridiculous, darling. It's Mo on the movies. Kiss me. Not a chance. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Well, it's Friday, which means we get to talk movies with Mo Kelly. 
Hey, Mo. It's good to see you guys. <laughs> you too. <laughs> I was wondering, was that my time to jump in? It was kind of like, kind of like double dutch. It's like in, out, in, well, out. She didn't even give you eye contact to let you know that that was. Oh, is that what we do? Yeah. Well, yeah. Normal humans. I'm terrible do is... at double dutch. Terrible. <laughs> Uh, it is Free Movie Friday with Adam Tickets. They are giving you a chance at free movie tickets. Text them now. Text reporter to Adam1, A-T-O-M-1, for your chance to win. It's the Adam Tickets app where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions, all from that phone right in your hands. You get to skip those lines. Standard data and text message rates may apply. We love talking about movies with Mo. Uh, and one of the things that popped up in the last couple of days was Dr. Sleep. This is the continuation of The Shining. I read this book a couple years ago, and uh, Danny has grown up. And how is he faring? And he's developed alcoholism and some other issues. It's a great book if you are a fan of The Shining. Even if you didn't read The Shining, you just watched the movie. And you don't have to have seen the movie Shining or read the book The Shining to to enjoy Dr. Sleep. So does does Danny then – is it basically that Danny is reliving some of the same – Nightmares, I guess that that his dad was. Yeah, but he also had, but he also had to deal with the shining, hearing the voices, and have that connectivity to the other side. So I can only Remember, imagine because Danny has a gift, right? right? He's got the shine, right? And so uh, it it does continue those struggles that young Danny faced, but it also has a light side to it. It's not just a dark side. There is definitely a light side to it. Exceptional book. It's one of those books that that Stephen King writes that you can just crawl into it is it as dark at points as the shining was yes uh in this case we i don't know if we mentioned this yet ewan mcgregor is the one who's going to be playing the older dan oh, oh i'm perfect. in yeah. i'm in that's perfect absolutely great at what he does um but so i didn't even realize that there was a would you call it a sequel i mean i guess it's yeah. a sequel. it would be yeah. a sequel it's a continuation i'll bring it in if you want to read it uh have you read the outsiders yet by stephen king Outsiders? Years ago. Oh, it was oh The Outsider. The new, outsider, yeah. I'm reading it right now. There's a new one. I'm about 250 pages in. No, really? It's more like a... I read uh, so fast. No, no, no. That means oh. like I'm not nearly even close to being done with it because oh. it's, it's a Stephen King book. Um, but it is... Uh, it's almost more of a crime procedural at this point mm-hmm. in the book, which is interesting because that's not the way Stephen King books go. And I find it less dark uh, than than many of his other books at this point. There's only been a few, maybe a handful of five cringeworthy moments this far in. In now, terms of, like, disgusting horror with side, a, a dash of humor to it. Do you read, like, ten pages at a time, 20, 30, <laughs> 50? What is your usual sitting? Uh, this one I've probably read... Uh, Maybe 50 to 100 a sitting. Okay. It's very good. It's very different for him, too. But the reason we're making this at, at all, I mean, the sequel to this movie, was the success of It, just you right. know, just last fall, where they, you know, they remade a movie that was made for TV originally out of the book that Stephen King wrote and made a pant load of money on it. So they realized they could probably breathe some new life into what was an, technically an old story. I think there was a feeling that Stephen King's uh, books did not really transfer to movies in a contemporary sense. And then it said, no, let's let's slow down there. There is a market here for this type of horror and thriller. Uh, some of the movies that are coming out this weekend look absolutely horrible. And I'm going to start with uh, Gotti. John Travolta stars as John Gotti oh, gosh. in the story of the crime, bro- crime boss and his son. This, this actually mildly interests me. No. No? 
with Kelly Preston and Stacy Keach in this? I'm a, I'm a Stacy Keach fan, okay? What's the last thing he was in? It doesn't matter. <laughs> something in 1992. Mike something. Hammer. Right. Right? <laughs> Oh, that was a great show. No, it, it, it seems like it'd be great for direct-to-video, great for Lifetime Channel or something like that. Maybe not Lifetime, but something where you're not have That's high exactly expectations. That's exactly right. Direct-to-video yeah. or, yeah, something. Or maybe even like a Netflix movie. Right, right, something like that. But I'm not going to go to a theater. Uh, one that actually opened on Wednesday was Superfly with Trevor Jackson, Jason, Mith- Jason Mitchell, uh, Michael Kenneth Williams. Uh, with his sights set on retiring, the successful young drug dealer sets up one last big deal. The remake, I believe, right? It's a remake, and it's directed by the son of the director of Shaft, just to really just boggle your mind. <laughs> so there is a direct black exploitation connection there. Superfly was a movie that really didn't need to be remade, retold. I, I was a fan of the original for what it was in the early 1970s with Ron O'Neill. That was fine for then, but that story doesn't really carry over to the 21st century. Loving Pablo. Oh, didn't we cover this? Uh, I was think this we the did. journalist that was tied up with uh, Pablo Johnny Escobar. Depp? No. Who was the... No, you're thinking oh, um, Sean Penn. Sean Penn. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, El Chapo. Yeah. Oh, El Chapo. Yeah. Not Escobar. Yeah, this story <laughs> was told. Have you seen the, the Netflix um, Narcos? Yes. They they basically tell that story inside of Narcos, and I don't need a whole movie devoted but to it. But this being Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz. What's up with journalists hooking up with uh, drug cartel leaders? I I don't know. I guess there's a magnetism there. I think women just in general gravitate to men of power. Yeah. Um, Okay, so Tag is coming out as well. Five friends playing Tag for 30 years. They say it's based on a true story. I'd love to know more about that. But this is Ed Helms, John Hamm, um, uh, Jeremy Renner is in this. And some of the people who have already seen this film say this. This is the comedy event of the summer. Uh, I I, want to see this. Is this – it seems like – it would be, um, what is it, like the hangover just without the alcohol? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. More adventure, yeah. less. Because they're going uh... around the world. There there is hijinks in a lot of places. And it seems like it's just fun. And it's the the trail. This is one of those where the trailer makes you want more. I mean, I don't think they're telling you every joke that you're going to see in the physical comedy and stuff. But, I mean, guys like Ed Helms, John Hamm handles comedy very well. That's not what he's known for. But I think he can do it very well. Even Jeremy Renner playing sort of the straight guy against Ed Helms is going to be good. Even yeah. if John Hamm just sits there. Okay. John Hamm, even in Baby Driver, was funny. Right, right. And it's not it's not what he's known for, but he can do it, and yeah. he can do it pretty well. Um, so that one comes out. And the and big one of the weekend is, the, of course, Incredibles. Yeah. Bob Parr left to care for Jack-Jack, which is the baby, while Helen uh, slash Elastigirl is out saving the world. I, I loved, I mean, absolutely loved Incredibles when it came out. Where's my super suit? <laughs> right. That's such a fun it was, movie. It was and such this a is... great family show. Absolutely. And, and w- w- it was one that you could watch, especially my kids were the right age. We could watch it over and over and over again. This is uh, one of the things, though, is also kind of reflective of what's happening in some households with dad staying home and taking care of the kids more and more. It's, it's about a family that we all can see ourselves in. They just so happen to have superpowers. Yeah. I would have paid so much money if I could have convinced my family to dress as the Incredibles for Halloween one year. I think my wife would have made a great elastic. I don't girl. think yes. your wife would have appreciated that outfit. <laughs> Not from what I know of her. But still. She would have dream, looked great right? in that outfit. Yeah, I'm just saying. Just you saying. need a little bit more material. 
I just don't want to see you in a head-to-toe spandex. He's, he's a bigger guy. I'm not ready for that. All right. You know what I mean? Mo, thank you as always. And sorry. Always good to see you. What's coming up on your show tomorrow? I have no idea. I love no, it. No, but I mean, between the IG There's report so and also what's been going on in the wake of the North Korea summit, I have no idea because news is changing literally every single minute. Well, we can't wait to, uh, to hear it. Tomorrow, uh, Mo Kelly from 6 to 8 and then Sunday from 6 to 8 as well. Thanks, man. Thank you. Gary and Shannon will continue. We are at uh, Slide Bar in Fullerton. Shannon, live. We are out today at our News and Brews at uh, Slide Bar here in Fullerton. Still some time to come on out and say hi and enjoy the uh, enjoy the beautiful afternoon out here. Our friends Petros and Money are actually going to do their show coming up in just a few minutes from out here at Slide Bar in Fullerton. So you should come by and say hi to those guys also. You know, when Nick sent us this story this morning, I had an idea that maybe we should do a segment called Rich People Problems. Because these these stories turn up from now and now and again. This is a rich people problem. That's a good point. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there is a uh, there's a story about what what sort of um, conveniences perhaps you get when you go to a, a higher end hotel. Now I think of uh, shampoo, conditioner, maybe a good brand. That's always fun. Uh, maybe a soap that doesn't smell like 1984. Have you noticed there's a new trend of of uh, crunchy soap? Soap that's got like abrasive yes, stuff in it. Yes, it's a microdermabrasion yeah, type exfoliating no, it soap. Scrapes it on my hurts. skin. It yeah. hurts very badly. I get what they're trying to do there, but I don't think that that's that's the right way to do it with with a, a cheap product. Uh, they, we saw this on TV as well. There's a there's a story going out uh, uh, going around about hotels that are trying to give you more health options when it comes to what goes on specifically inside your hotel room. Not just about Q-tips and cotton balls. No, no, no. It's all about new stuff. Blake, if you've got that, can you start playing that? We'll stop it when we get to it. I travel fairly often, and every time I walk into a hotel room, I... Wish there was a yoga mat and a foam roller and just uh, stop, 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 stop the car, stop the car, stop the car, hit the brakes. <laughs> um, you don't need a yoga mat no. when you're in a carpeted room. Can I, can, well, uh, hold I on mean, a didn't second. we all learn that from uh, Bikram Chowdhury? No, but we learned a lot of things he from him. He was very into his carpets. He was very into grabbing things as well, mm-hmm. which I found out the hard way. But it, the why, why can't we find hotel rooms that have hardwood floors anymore? Or, or, or a tile uh, thing going on. Because what bothers me most about the going into a hotel room is you don't know what sins are hidden underneath that carpet. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Well, we, you can your, assume. Your mind, my mind runs wild when I walk into a hotel room. Okay, so the like first what thing. what atrocities occurred here. But the first thing you're not going to do is rip off all your clothes and then roll around on the floor, right? That's true. That's true. That's probably why she needs the yoga mat. Yeah, okay. Pick it up from there, Blake. Foam roller and just a space to stretch out. But Nicole Woyak's point is a good one. You can't just bring mm. your yoga mat everywhere. That's why some hotels are oh, no. upping the health quotient for their guests, experimenting with in-room amenities. We have um, we have Peloton bikes in the wellness suites. Plus yoga mats, balls, and weights. Then it's time to relax with lighting <laughs> designed to promote your circadian <laughs> rhythm and a mind-body workout. 
we have the Deepak Chopra meditations on in the room. A nice touch for this interview, but sadly, oh, not my room. The hotel started with a customized juice menu five years ago, and it was extremely popular. Four Seasons' Kim Kessler travels globally looking for just the pull right... The, pull per- the car over, yeah, Blake. Stop pull this the car for over. a second. This is a Four Seasons story? Yeah. Well, no, no. I mean, she's She works for the Four Seasons, mm-hmm. apparently. So... Well, now I'm kind of changing my opinion on this. If you go to a Four Seasons, even 10 years ago, and you ask for a a Christmas tree to be in your room in April, they will make it happen. Sure. Um, This isn't something that's going around. This isn't something you're going to get the Marriott, right? When you you walk in and and you say, I'd like a yoga mat and some uh, meditation from Deepak Chopra. Well, what, yes, but what I don't understand is that you're right. I mean, most of these places, if you're going to spend enough money, will go out of their way to make sure that the room is appointed the way you like it. Like if you right. walked in and said, listen, I don't want anything on that bed but one sheet. You take that cover off of there. You take those pillows off of there. You take all that stuff off of there because I'm a germaphobe or whatever. And I want you to wrap it in cellophane before mm-hmm. I lay down on it. Done. When you walk in that room, it's going to be wrapped in cellophane yep. because they'll go out of their way to do it. If you're willing to spend the amount of money that they think you need to spend to get those kinds of accommodations. My niece uh, was with her parents and they were at, I think, a Mandarin Oriental. They got like a great rate on it. And somebody heard her say she was bored or something to that effect. And they get back into the room and they had built a teepee for her to sleep in. (laughs) Well, that's cool. That's ridiculous. No, 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 no. That is asinine. It's different if if she had said, I want a teepee. And then they come out and do it. But I mean, to me, that's that's great customer service. If you hear somebody complaining about. Whatever it is, you com- right. they complain that the the cheese isn't sharp enough or something like that. Then you go out and you wow them with, with some <laughs> sharp of that, ass cheese. <laughs> some of that sharp ass, bring extra me that sharp, sharp ass cheese. White cheddar from Tillamook, like that'll <laughs> make your eyes water. It's so sharp. That that to me is great customer service. It really yeah. is disappointing when you're served a, a medium sharp cheddar, isn't it? Oh, if you're expecting, yeah, sharp, if you're expecting extra you sharp, oh. It's nothing really worse. Just throw the cracker down and spit on whoever served it to you. Yeah, absolutely. We'll uh, do that next week coming up in White People Rich Problems. <laughs> when your cheese isn't sharp enough. A little bit more, Blake. Four Seasons Kim Kessler travels globally looking for just the right perks to keep health-conscious consumers coming back. The menu is approved by the Cleveland Clinic, and even the mini bar makes it easy for you not to cheat because it is stocked with all things natural. From gluten-free goodies to chia-infused beverages, it's more of a recommendation Mm. than a requirement, something other hotels like the W Hotel feels is a good fit. Have fun. Fitness should be fun. It's not just about devoiding and taking back. It's about adding to it. Local fit pro Jason Wimberly is creating in-room workouts Uh, for the W Hotel. Stop, Blake. Stop. That woman's name is Jason? That wasn't a woman. That was not a woman. Oh. Yeah. Um, well, we'll, we'll in, in other news, <laughs> how cool of a gig is that to travel around and find the best perks at hotels? That's a great sign. That, yeah. me up. That's even better than being the travel writer. Yes. Or, or when I was in Costa Rica, we ran into somebody who claimed to be a travel agent and had to do a site inspection on one of the resorts that they were going to start nice. offering. So she had to stay there for a couple of days. Oh, that's excellent. That sounds horrible. All right, we'll post that story. You can see the rest of it up on the website if you go to kfiam640.com. Use the keyword Gary and Shannon. Uh, a reminder, the Petros of Money Show on AM570 KLIC is going to be live starting in just a few minutes out here in Fullerton at Slide Bar. John and Ken coming up in a few minutes. Also tonight, don't forget, Conway 
is uh, going to have Rebecca Black in studio with him. Remember from Friday? She's going to be in studio to talk with Conway coming he up. He is over the moon. Uh, law day tomorrow. All of the happiness and fun that we're going to talk oh, about when we come back. Rogan on. Tomorrow oh, too. you are? Yeah. Going Rogan on NBC at three thirty, I believe. Okay. Uh, or ish. Sure. You know, check your local listings for <laughs> time and date. All right. Thanks to everybody here at Slide Bar in Fullerton. We had a great time today. Thanks everybody for coming out. Um, John and Ken coming up next. We'll see you Monday. Stay dry, everybody. Green juice and yoga all day long. Tune in next week for the hilarious funeral episode on Gary and Shannon.